Friday, May the 21st, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We are getting set for the NBA playoffs. So we have a big NBA playoff preview show with Eric. We're going to go uh, through the playing game. We talk about that big Laker Ooh, game. Ooh. That one uh, had me nervous. Lakers struggled early on, came back, take the lead, spit it out, and then LeBron hits a big shot late. They were able to secure a victory and uh, get themselves into the playoffs to uh, face a Phoenix Suns team. So we're going to go, heck, I think we spent about an hour and a half. We go over every single series, positives, negatives for each team, thoughts on every team, and uh, some prices, series prices, what their prices are to win it all, and uh, just a massive NBA playoff preview with Eric. Then we're going to get into tons of horse racing. We're going to talk about the stable duel stuff for the weekend, including this really cool crossover contest on Friday. At Gulfstream Park, there's a contest that if you enter and you finish in the top 20, you're going to get assigned a a horse. (laughs) You're going to get assigned a driver in the Formula One race coming up this weekend. So I'll explain more details when we talk about Stable Duel in just a little bit. That'll be cool. So we're going to have some best bets for Friday Golfstream, which is where that contest is based around the Friday Golfstream races. We'll give you Friday Belmont best bets, Friday Churchill best bets, Friday Santa Anita best bets, four different racetracks for Friday, couple plays for each one of them. Then on Saturday, Belmont, Churchill, Santa Anita. We will discuss the stakes races for all of them and some best bets. A couple of those stakes races are not worth betting. We'll definitely tell you that. And we close things out wrestling with Chad Cooper. We go over the big news in the world of AEW. They're going to be getting a, a new show and they will be moving uh, to TBS with one of their other shows currently. Uh, we'll also talk about the Shawn Michaels documentary on A&E. And then we go through Stuff from SmackDown, from WWE, WrestleMania, Backlash, from Monday Night Raw, from NXT, from AEW Dynamite. We hit it all in a little over an hour with Chad Cooper in our Wrestling with Chad Cooper segment. This episode of That's What G Said podcast is brought to you by BTV, Better Than Dot Vegas. If you follow me on social media, you've noticed I've been posting daily videos at this website, Better Than Dot Vegas. It's very cool if you're into gambling, handicapping, if you're just a big sports fan, make sure to check this site out. They have free contests too, so you will really want to get involved in those. Right now, they currently have one uh, that's uh, in, around the based around the NHL playoffs. They're going to have one coming up based around the NBA playoffs. Every day I'm posting videos with baseball and basketball plays. It'll be a few minutes where I'll tell you what my play is and I'll give you a bunch of reasons why and and all of my analysis as to why I'm making that certain wager. And then you get videos from all sorts of different handicappers, um, all sorts of different sports, people all around the world. It is a really interesting site. I'm sure you'll find some people that will help you make some money, some that you like, better than dot. Vegas, check out those free contests. Everybody loves free. And all you have to do is follow some of the instructions, register, and uh, and then get involved there. Better than dot Vegas. We're going to head right into uh, our conversation with Eric in a moment, but got to mention the no hitters in baseball. Right, We're not going to have a full baseball segment on this episode. We're going to talk a lot more NBA. And then Monday, I actually have, I believe I have a uh, baseball guest uh, lined up and if not I'll just uh, have a, a long baseball uh, segment on my, my own and talk about everything that happened over the weekend but 
two more no hitters. We had a uh, what Turnbull and then Kluber. So we so far this year we've had Carlos Rodon, John Means, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, Corey Kluber, and Musgrove. Musgrove, Rodon, Means, Wiley, Turnbull, Kluber. That doesn't even count the Madison Bumgarner seven inning one that was part of the doubleheader. So that they haven't counted as an official uh, no hitter. So believe like in the modern era of baseball, seven is the record, and this is nuts. I mean, they're on pace for twenty no hitters. So we'll discuss maybe over the weekend. Uh, the bats will wake up. Maybe as the weather starts to warm up, those bats will wake up because the the batting average league wide is the lowest ever. And home runs are down. The ball has changed, and it's just a dominant start to the season for the pitchers in baseball. We'll have a full baseball segment next week. I'll probably have a show early next week, trying to figure out what the schedule is going to be like. So it'll be either Monday or Tuesday, maybe, and maybe even Monday, and preview a couple of the early tracks early the week. We'll talk about some of the playoff games over the weekend. And uh, have a nice uh, a baseball segment. Got an old wrestling rewatch, so I think we'll set that up for uh, early next week, where we uh, we have baseball and uh, and a guest or two to uh, help us out with everything going on in MLB right now. To help us out with everything uh, about to happen in the NBA playoffs, you've heard him, well, you know, each and every week here. He helped us out with football and, uh, and then with basketball with these who's hot. Who's not segments? Well, now we know that all of these teams are into the playoffs. The fields are basically set. There's still one more play-in game left between the Warriors and Memphis on Friday night. So we talk about that. We recap a couple of the games so far, and then we preview each and every series. I believe we go uh, Western Conference and then into the Eastern Conference. So kick back and enjoy. We talk for about an hour and a half or so. After an NBA season that started late, that was a little bit shortened, that had uh, many teams with issues with COVID, with because of a short turnaround, we have made it to the NBA playoffs, and we are we are set. We are just a, a day and a half or so out from really the first two days of the playoffs. We've already had a play-in week where we had a couple really good games. And Eric Etoff Two One Sports joins me again. We've uh, had our NBA Who's Hot, Who's Not discussions every single week throughout the season, and we are here now. I can, man, I can't imagine the NBA was uh, was disappointed with that LeBron Steph Lakers Warriors play in game. Uh, we'll talk about the the Lakers a little bit uh, as far as uh, their matchup with the Suns now moving forward, but just back and forth. Uh, Warriors up most of the game Lakers come all the way back Then take a lead So you just sort of figure They're going to blow them out Warriors come back LeBron's got to hit that crazy shot At the end um, it, Exactly what they would have wanted I mean it was It was a great game And like after the first First day was so lackluster So disappointing Yeah And I mean even how the Spurs Grizzly game started Was a little disappointing We had like There was a good four minutes at the end But Finally, like a good game where you could like sit back and watch it. Um, like game was weird. Like in the in games like this where it's like a sing it, that's basically a single elimination, and these coaches like stick to their substitution patterns. 
I really thought it was a big mistake by Kerr to not start Steph at the beginning of the fourth quarter. You waited too long to let yeah. the Lakers get get ahead, get back in it, you know? Yeah, I think that I, – I mean, does, does that minute 45 they set out really matter? You know what I mean? Like No. I And with how they play, have Poole in there, have Poole run the offense, have Steph rest in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the – Teams doing the playoffs, and I really well, notice what Vogel what did. Sure done. You, you didn't see Harold come back into the game. You didn't see another Drummond shift. You saw no Gasol in this game whatsoever. And in the, when the Lakers needed, realized, okay, this is the second half now. We're down by 13 points. We need to win this. They went a lot to AD at the five, which is their best lineup. They oh, went to a lot. And they brought Wes Matthews in the game Who sort of changed the complexion of the game And played really good defense You know, Guys like, uh, it's funny With a team like with a team that has LeBron and AD Everyone will always say Oh, it was LeBron and AD And obviously LeBron hit that big shot And AD had a really good uh, second half And fourth quarter After Draymond like, locked him up For a lot, that, like, a lot of that game like, Draymond was just making AD like non-existent um, it, was, it was Caruso it was KCP, it was Kuzma, it was Wes. Like those four guys, if they're not just steady, playing good defense, hitting some shots, not making a lot of mistakes, the Lakers would have lost that game. But that's the difference between like championship caliber teams and non-championship caliber. They've teams. been when there. When your guys like when your main guys like are struggling or having that bad four to five eight minute stretch or whatever it is. What can the secondary guys do? Can they make shots? Are they able to do that? And those guys were able to do it. They stepped up. They made the shots. Caruso is a good player. Like he, he can, you know, defensive end can make a three. Wesley Matthews been there, done that. Like his whole career on the back end of it. So I mean, they're definitely built. They're going to definitely give the Suns team all they can handle. And uh, then the Warriors will now. Uh, Eric and I are recording this on Thursday night, and. The as we're finishing, Washington's beaten uh, beaten up on 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 Indy right now. So Washington will be in. They're going to grab the eighth slot. Uh, Boston won and and crushed Washington uh, with with the fifty spot from Tatum. We're going to talk about that series. Uh, so Boston snags the two spot in the East. And uh, there's one more play-in game left. It's going to be Golden State against Memphis. This was a a rematch of. A game that was on Sunday that was sort of like a de facto play-in game because if Memphis would have won, they would have ended up in, in, in playing the Lakers instead of the Warriors. But here they are again. They get another opportunity on Friday night to try to uh, win their way into the playoffs. If Memphis ends up winning, they'll they'll take the eighth seed in the West and they'll play against the Utah Jazz. If not, it's uh, it's the Warriors who gotta say, man. Really impressed with them and what they did I mean Draymond was just Unbelievable even though he didn't score And they could have probably used a a little more Offensively from him what he did Just taking AD out of that game for a lot Of it early and how like Connected he is with Steph uh, And how they just understand That getting Steph the ball Is is crucial for them to win And then you know the Toscano Andersons And the Bazemores have been Pretty solid pool pretty solid Like they've hit big shots when they've had to, um, I I think this is probably another good spot for them. Um, what do you think in this game, uh, Memphis versus uh, versus Golden State, trying to snag the, the last playoff spot? From a betting aspect, I mean, I've already locked in the first half under and the game under these elimination games. I love that angle because guys, especially because this is going to value both the ball more. Yeah, both yeah. of them. This is go home time. Yeah, right. They're going to value. Value the ball more. I mean, I hit the first half under tonight in the Washington um, 
Washington Indiana game. Uh, the thing with Memphis is they're good when they're they're good is as good as anybody in the league. But they're going to have a oh, they it happened in the second quarter last night a bad stretch of basketball and their bad stretch of basketball is just really really bad. Yep. And they just don't have really anybody else. I mean Morant for as He's much struggling. as I like Morant and as good as he is. He made some bonehead plays, wasn't making three throws, wasn't making shots. He he didn't look good yesterday. Jackson looked really good. I like Jackson a lot. I think and Jackson, Brooks has fact, been very good, yeah, too. I think Jackson next year is probably going to be their best player because he, he missed so much this year. He's going to take that another, another step forward. He looked so good in the first, in the game on Sunday, but he just wasn't at that same level in the Spurs game. Warriors really struggle with the size. I expect another big game from Joe Banosuchis, but oh, JV. Yeah. But I mean, I just think the Warriors just have too much. I think they're good as they're good and their bad is just better than the Memphis good and bad. If that makes sense, I don't know if they cover, but I think they win. Okay, so you know what we're talking about that game. So let's let's um, sort of stick on the Western Conference side. Then uh, then right there as we uh, um, so. The winner of, of this game is going to play the Jazz And um, I think we both Feel like it's probably going to be the Warriors Do you feel like it's the Warriors Or do you Yeah, yeah, I think the Warriors I think I think the Warriors will win I don't know if win. they'll cover, but I think they'll win, yeah Yeah, yeah, me too I'm not I'm not talking about from a, from a cover of the spread But just from a win So, so from just as far as handicapping this series And I, I do think that um, It would it, it, would not be crazy for some for Memphis to win. I do think that the Warriors would be able to give Utah much more of a series than a, a young Memphis team, just for some of a, a lot of the reasons that we think the Warriors would be the more likely winner of this one game. They've been there. They are just a matchup nightmare. You know, someone like Steph and and the clip they're shooting. Um, he he could be really difficult. And then you know you have someone like Draymond who's just kind of a. Like defensively, you can you can do a lot with him, and it's always interesting to see how how he could like sort of match up with Gobert if he had to, or or what they wouldn't try to do there. You know, Looney, but sort of Draymond can can you know um, you know be be also like just kind of floating around on and helping on everyone else. I, I feel like they would actually be able to to give them a, a little bit of a series and 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 maybe stretch it out, win a couple games. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you told me this was going to six or seven if the Warriors were in there. I mean, the war with Steph on the court, it's going to be very hard defensively to have Gobert out there, like with all the pick and rolls and everything they do, because they're going to draw Gobert away from the hoop. That's going to be the big thing. But I mean, the the whole key to the series is what Donovan Mitchell is going to be out there. If it's a healthy Donovan Mitchell, yep. I mean, this is going to be 4 2, um, 4 1, maybe. If it's Donovan not at 100%, I mean, I could easily see the Warriors just from everything they have and the Jazz not having their one guy that they can count on and get routinely get a basket go seven games and maybe they'll sneak it out. But if Mitchell's healthy, four two. If, if Mitchell's and that's the real key. If Mitchell's healthy, this Utah team was really good this year, and a lot of people don't want to give them credit, and a lot of people don't necessarily think they can win it all. And, and I might be one of them that doesn't know if they can win win it all. But they, I mean, they had thirty nine games. They won by double digits. They led the league in net rating. They were the only team that was in the top five in offense and defensive rating. Gobert led the league in plus minus by a long, long range. They led the league in three pointers made and attempted. Um, they are like shooting at a really crazy clip for as much as they've been 
shoot as much as they've been shooting. But the one thing that they said, this was kind of like reading through a, an article, I think that was on ESPN. They had uh, the fewest mid range shots per game, which is interesting because Mitchell, you sort of feel like it could is a, is a good mid range player, but. Um, that's something when when the game slows down a little bit, sometimes it's harder to just shoot such a great clip from three in the playoffs. I wonder if you know the Warriors have been playing pretty solid defense. Um, you know that's where things get a little difficult from Utah. So we'll see. Like you said, for for them with Mitchell, it's all about how much can they lean on him. He missed like the last month with an ankle issue, um, and, and also yeah. something to remember is like. You have like all basically every series is set with, but these the one seeds, their coaches have the least amount of time to prepare. It. You know what I mean? Because they have no idea what's going on. Like right now, the one seed in the East, Doc, can finally start preparing for the Wizards right now, and they play what Monday or Sunday, and everyone else is basically a week to prepare. So these coaches aren't going to have that much time to prepare. So it's really like a, not a coaching advantage for having this playing game. Um, but back to your thing, I just, for as good, like you said, with this Warriors team, when the Warriors were in their peak, you know, and were making the threes, they were still driving to the hoop and everything. That Jazz team, it's basically, like you said, it's a three-pointer. There's no mid-range at all. And if Mitchell can't go, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I, I do. That's that's going to be key. Like, you got to watch. Um, I'm curious to see what he looks like, what he will look like game one and how, you know, how Explosive he's going to be And, and it's going to affect everyone's minutes Everyone's rotation because I mean what he played Over 30 38 game you know yeah. what I mean that, Like now like you're Relying on other people who Don't rely used to playing That so it kind of changes everyone's habits Yeah jazz could be in some trouble if he Can't go and uh, some things To keep uh, in mind now Remember as the Different cities And uh, have different restrictions lifted with COVID. A lot of these places are are getting more and more fans back. So uh, I think they said the the Jazz are allowed seventy one percent capacity, and it's always been a, a tough place to play. Um, they're going to try to just shoot you lights out, and they're going to try to defend the three. But that matchup against Curry would be really interesting. Like you said, we'll see right away if Gobert has improved to where he can stay on the floor. You know, late in games, or, or are they going to try to pull him? You know, are they going to pull him off uh, and, and try to make him defend the perimeter so much that they, you know, Utah may have to to go a little smaller and, and try something different. Um, and, and, and you know something what, they, else they have to favors. Think about. Favors is so, not a bad option if they have to do that. He's oh, not at all. Probably a little bit better in that in that sense than uh, than Gobert. And something else to think about, like everyone's talking about how it's going to affect the away team, the fans. Well, these guys like really haven't played that in front of big crowds. I mean, these guys are going to get amped up. It's going to affect mm-hmm. the home team too. Yep. You know, with try- maybe trying to do too much or Getting however tired but, even yeah. early. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be. It's. It's a whole like new element. Even the game last night with the Memphis and San Antonio. I mean, fans chaining defense. Like I was like, well, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, like it kind of caught me off guard. So this series is going to start. This is going to be the uh, the Sunday night game. Um, it'll either be Warriors versus the Jazz or Memphis versus the Jazz. Honestly, if Memphis got there, um, it's just it doesn't feel like a great matchup for them either. Um, I just like they like. Utah just feels a lot better than them. Like that would, to me, I think, be like a four. If I'm 
if I'm Utah, I'm just like I'm praying somehow Memphis wins. Right, exactly. They're rooting it's like something three. to like think about. Like every single home team has won so far. You know what I mean? There has to be that hiccup where the road team wins. Like so, I don't, I don't, I don't think it will be Memphis. But I mean, if I'm a Jazz fan or Quinn Snyder, I am rooting for Memphis to win because I just don't want to face Steph. Hoping that uh, the Warriors maybe. It would a little bit uh come out a little bit flat after just the real like tight tough back and forth game that they had the other night. But it feels like the Warriors are a team that's been there. You know they've got Steph and they've got Draymond. Like they're well they're led well. And I I think they they are the type of team right now that you know they're they're kind of rocking that we believe um you know play, paying homage to the we believe Warriors. I think they they genuinely do think if they snuck in as an eight seed that they could upset the Jazz. And then hell, they do that, and you put them in a series with the Clippers or the uh, or Dallas. You know, like I don't think we saw them play the Lakers last night, and the Lakers in like as bad of a game that they could have possibly played to start. The Lakers were still sort of able to to find a way. So I don't know if a matchup against the Lakers would necessarily be the West the best for them, and probably not against the Clippers because the Clippers like defensively have a. A few guys they feel like they could really uh, Kind of throw at Steph and make it Make it pretty difficult for him But man you tell me anybody else In the west I, I I wouldn't be shocked if they beat them in a series No I mean I wouldn't be shocked at all I could easily see it happening So their uh, yeah their game will be Sunday night at uh, 9.30 Eastern time And uh, that'll be the final first round game What's so cool about The next couple days Eric I love any of the first few days of the the playoffs when there's just the most amount of games possible like the the best games at the end are a lot of fun too obviously they're great we're getting to watch really great games against two or really good teams but when we have like four games on Saturday and four games on Sunday they're all playoff games and then the games start to split up throughout the night where you'll have like two or three games here and there but those days are really really cool we get them in baseball for like the first round of the playoffs obviously those first couple days of the NCAA tournament are awesome when you get like the 16 all day even in football we get the great football Sundays every week where we get all like everybody playing for the most part but those first couple rounds now with the additional football playoff game was really good i thought this year so then these days are uh, these coming like saturday sunday are going to be a blast Oh, I cannot wait. I'm actually contemplating going up for Miami-Milwaukee game one. Contemplate. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm contemplating it. But I love it, though. You can just – it's just one right after another. You know, I think these first games, I think a lot of them are going to be kind of close. I mean, I think I, I see a couple blowouts happening. But, I mean, I'm really looking forward to a lot of the matchups in the East. And, I mean, your boys against the Suns, I think long-term is going to be a good series. But So, I'm – I, I like, that, like the last, first couple of days. Yep. That's where we're going to go next. Let's go to uh, the, the number two seeded Phoenix Suns and the, against the Lakers. I mean, could you imagine for both of these one and two seeds, let's just for this conversation say that the Warriors do beat the Grizzlies and that the Jazz have to play them in a series, Steph Curry and Draymond and a team with that's that's like well coached and has championship pedigree, even though they they do lack a little on their roster. And then you have a a, set, a, a two seated Phoenix team that's just been incredible all year long. And what's your reward? Oh yeah, now you have to deal with a Lakers team that just a couple weeks ago beat the crap out of you 
When Phoenix had a pretty full roster And the Lakers were missing LeBron They were missing Schroeder They were missing Kuzma All in that game And Anthony Davis went ballistic He had 42 points 12 rebounds, 5 assists 3 steals, 3 blocks And they just could not do anything about him Um, So I You know Win or lose for the Jazz and the Suns Just brutal Matchups for them if they end up having to face The Warriors and the Phoenix Suns We know they are going to have to face the Lakers Yeah I mean it's just brutal I mean you have a great season and you have to play play (laughs) the Lakers And the Lakers unfortunately had some bad luck Um, So a couple of quick things about this series Number one One of the things and I waited to bring this up In this when we previewed this one Is now granted I didn't didn't watch as many Lakers games as, As you did But with the games I watched when LeBron drove to the hole, there'd be that thing where people would kind of, he's so strong when he drove, people would kind of bounce off of him. You know what I mean? He wouldn't get rattled or knocked down. I didn't see that. Does that mean I was underestimating the defense that the Warriors were playing on him yesterday? I think or, he... Or is LeBron not healthy? You know well, what I mean? Like, which one is it? It's more the, it's more the health, honestly. Um, and and that's, a, that's a great point. That, like, LeBron right now, I mean, he wasn't trying. I think I think um I think he was doing a good job of like testing it out. It's funny. The game against the the Warriors last night, the playing game, it reminded me a lot of how the Lakers played like all of their series last year. Remember they lost game one to Portland? Remember they lost game one to Houston? And they kept talking about how they would use game one as sort of like a feel it out process. It's kind of like they did that in the first half last night, which was very scary and nervous because you're down by 13 in like a go yeah. home, like a winner go home game. But then he he did look a little better in the second half, I think just like out of like a sheer will. But I agree with you. I don't think he's got the the jolt. I don't think he's got the burst. And if that's the case, and he has to be, you know, if he's seventy five percent, whatever he is, and he has to be more facilitator. I mean, Anthony Davis has to dominate. He can't have halves like he did last night, um, where he sort of goes MIA. Kind of on the flip side, does Phoenix have anyone or Duke? How can how Phoenix many stop teams, Davis? Well, you know how many I mean? teams like, in yeah. the league even have a guy like Draymond? Period. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. I guess, like, my thing is, like, this is a series, and you're going to have to rely so much now on Davis and um, LeBron. Because the deeper this goes, Monty's going to be able to say, oh, Kuzma, boom, just got to do this. Caruso, boom, just have to do this. But Davis and LeBron have so many ways of beating you. And if LeBron can only do, like, 75 65%, that's really going to limit the Lakers' possibility to win this series. And I know the Suns don't really have the experience and everything, but we can't underestimate Chris Paul. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? he, he, they and do he, it with him yeah. and, and Crowder too. You know, the, the yeah. rest of their squad, um, I think what they, the rest of their team has not been there at all, but those two guys really, really have. And it's. And like, Monty's a good coach. I feel Monty is, is a very underrated coach and he's going to be able to take those guys out. Cause the deeper the series goes, you know, as soon as you know, what makes LeBron and AD good is they have multiple ways and multiple things that you can do to beat, beat you. Caruso, Kuzma, those other guys, they don't have that. You know what I mean? Like, they can't beat you multiple ways. Monty's going to take that out. Um, and Chris Paul is, like, such a great leader. He's going to put people 
in a position to succeed. This is Devin Booker's first playoff series. How is he going to react to that? Is this going to be all-star Devin Booker? Is he going to, you know, is he going to take him a couple of a game or a half or whatever to get his feet ears wet or whatever the saying is. Um, also, I really want to see like, cause this is the first time Paul and LeBron have played against each other. Yeah. Both vocal guys, friends, competitive. Are they going to go at it? You know what I mean? Cause like, is there going to be that thing, you know, kind of like when Isaiah and magic went at it, a little intensity. Time. Cause Chris, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. Is there going to be that thing? So I'm really looking forward to that. I think intensity, it's going to be great. Cause you don't want to lose to a friend. You know what I mean? Um, but can Aiken stop Davis when Aiken leaves the floor? What's going to happen? Also, Vogel did something interesting, like with his substitution pattern. He was kind of like staggering LeBron last night when LeBron really wasn't on the floor that much with Curry. Is he going to do that like in the playoffs with Chris Paul? Um, so I just I don't know how Vogel's substitution patterns are going to be, but Suns' experience can Suns stop Davis and LeBron's health? Those are the big factors with this one. Yeah, what kind of a shooter are we going to get? He was awful, just awful last night. And the thing about him, he you could tell it started getting in his head a little bit. He was passing up shots that were open because he had been missing. I think he ended up like 3 for 14. He was just not good whatsoever. Um, this Suns team was just quietly so good. They went on a stretch from February to April where they were 35-10. and 10. Which is just incredible And I talked about some teams not being great at the mid-range They're really good With Chris Paul and Booker Like Those are guys that can kind of When things you, It's like a, a 6 or 7-0 Laker run Like Those guys can go get you a, a pretty easy bucket in, in a nice sweet spot You know, in the mid-range That's like that's pretty money for them So that's something that you know Some teams may try to keep shooting the three But one of those two guys may just understand Especially Paul, okay I gotta go to the free throw line And get that little free throw line jumper That I can get no doubt or that that little floater And get a bucket Um, It's gonna be a great series Like like, my prediction is I think the Suns kill him First round, like I was First game? So Yeah, first game, excuse me I was so pissed because it opened up at one I got distracted this morning dealing with personal bullshit and i came back line was already suns minus three so the line has moved four points which is so it's which is so it's so weird because the lakers are the series favorite yeah they're a minus 150 ish in the series right i think somewhere around there yeah and so that's crazy because they're it's not like they're coming off of a back-to-back or anything The Lakers played Wednesday and they, they play Sunday So they get a couple days off, which is nice Now they're going to be going into a situation Where they're a series favorite But they're an underdog in the first game So that means, like, and they're on the road They don't have home court advantage So if they went to a game seven They would be favored in a game then, I guess, on the road Even though they yeah. weren't in the other games on the road That just kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of weird It's, it's a backwards thing. sort of yeah. thing, yeah so if you, I mean, one of those things where if you like the Lakers now, hell, you're getting great value just on that single game in game oh, one. for sure. You like play the for Lakers sure. like money line in that game and you'll get like a plus 120-ish, you know, or so. Or pl- like if you think the Lakers are, what'd you say, minus 150, let's say they lose the first game, you know, you can take the Lakers series after the first game. Absolutely. You know, I get them at plus, plus odds or even odds if you think the Lakers will win the series. I mean, Great honestly, call. that's probably what I'll do. I mean, I'm yep. just. Kicking myself for missing the Suns plus one but. They're uh, 17% at full capacity uh, The Suns are A um, couple other things to note well, about. What's California at? What are the Lakers at? 
the Lakers are at eleven percent capacity. So yeah, not not much so far. Um, the Lakers are uh, nineteen and eight when LeBron and AD are in the lineup, but that's sort of deceiving because like three or the or four of those games they really weren't healthy. They probably would have been closer to like nineteen and five, really, like when early in the year when they were both playing together. And keep in mind for a Lakers team, you know, this was a team that uh, they did come off that really really quick turnaround. Um, they did uh, you know get an opportunity for. Their two stars, while they were hurt, they didn't log up a bunch of extra minutes uh, and mileage. So AD has actually looked really, really fresh and really good in in the majority of his games. He he did not in the first half, and I think you know we give great Draymond a lot of credit for that. He took him right out of the game. LeBron's the one we have to question. He did not look like LeBron, and you need him. He what was nice is going into the fourth quarter, he had zero turnovers. So if he's going to play sort of ball handler and not be able to be as explosive and sort of bang, then he's got to be as efficient as possible. And uh, he's got to understand that he cannot turn the ball over. And, and he did that. Um, let's see some other uh, other And that things. shot he made last night. Oh, I mean, my God. I, I heard something on the radio when I was driving today. I think that's 99, like, clutch or game-winning shots he's made, which puts him over what Kobe had. Um, I mean, that was just such a great shot. But and one thing that stood out to me was how bad Steph closed out. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. do you not be aware that's that's the only it, thing he has? I know there, there's a he had no chance. difference, but yeah, he just didn't close out that well at him. But that was a that was a hell of a shot. And LeBron gets so under like criticized. I'll say I'll use the word criticized for not being clutch at the end. But when you look at it, he's one of the better clutch players of all time. The Lakers, you know, I think like most teams in this day and age in the NBA, their three-point shooting is what makes them either like an average team or like if they hit their threes, if guys like KCP, Wes Matthews, Caruso, and Kuzma, if if they're hitting their threes and then AD and LeBron are just hitting them at like 30%-ish just around there, this team is really, really tough to beat. When those guys don't, when the other players don't hit their threes, because they're wide open threes, right? We're yeah. not asking them to to hit contested threes. We're talking about Kuzma in the corner, wide open. Caruso, wide open in the corner. So KCP, wide open. When they do, I think the stat was um, the Lakers are 30 and 19 when they've made at least 10 threes. When they've made less than 10 threes, they're 12 or 10 or, or less, they're uh, 12 and 11. Just average. Oh, wow. Totally average to... Very good when they're making uh, You know 10 or more so uh, Those role players you know they're going to be wide Open they're going to get a lot of opportunities We'll see if they can uh, they can step up In a really fun series this one Is going to be the Sunday Afternoon game on ABC It's going to go at 3 30 uh, Eastern time and uh, The Lakers Phoenix that'll Be game one of that series We move along to the the three Six matchup in the West now, Eric, and we're talking about the Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. So, you and I, as we were doing our weekly um, segments, were I think about to the point where we were getting ready to make Denver like our pick to win it all. I know I, I was, and I was getting ready to make a bet. Um, obviously, I love the Lakers. I root for them. I hope they win, and I legitimately think if if LeBron's healthy and can get pet healthy, they got a shot. Denver would have been. With the addition of Gordon Would have been the team that I would have picked And with Murray 
Um, I think it just it really limits their ceiling. Does that mean they can't win a series or win this series? No. Does that mean they maybe can win a series or two? No. But I don't know if they can win the whole thing anymore because it's just it feels like it's going to be a little too much of an ask for Jokic to do night in and night out. He can carry them, um, but they needed they needed fifty point games for Murray last year to get through a Utah Jazz team. In a in a playoff series, uh, so this is a really interesting one uh, three six matchup here with the uh, with the three seeded Denver Nuggets going to be hosting the you, six Portland. You look at Denver and you look at um, Joker when he's on the court versus when he's off the court, and Denver is a absolute nightmare when he's off the court offensively, and not having Murray there just. Adds to the whole thing. Porter has gotten better, but he's just not at that point no. where he can carry the load in his development as a game. And also about Joker, I have never seen like it's funny to me because you have these guys coming out like LeBron did it with Steph. People, you know what I mean? About how he should win the MVP. Why is no other player saying, "Hey, it's so funny"? Win that. You know what I mean? They're like, all throwing no shade on this. It. No You're one right. is giving this guy credit, and it just they blows my mind. They are. Like, this guy should be a unanimous MVP with the it season he's having. Like he would be the greatest guy to play with, too. Like, he's a okay. great passer. He's always looking to set everybody else up. He's super unselfish. Oh, yeah, and, like, you listen to Gordon. <laughs> Gordon's, like, praising him. Gordon, like, yeah. loves playing with him because he's, like, every time I cut to the rim, he's finding me. Like, he loves it. And I just – I don't – it just blows my mind how this guy just from his peers gets absolutely – no love whatsoever. Um, but I mean, how, what shape is he in to be able to play and take the full load? You know what I mean? Like, yep. cause they just, I just, it would be superhuman of him to win two playoff series. Can they beat Portland? Portland, like we said last time has bet, gotten better defensively, but I mean, they're just not that, you know what I mean? They've gotten better, mm-hmm. but they're not that good. I think, their defensive limitations when they have Lillard, Mello, and CJ and Cantor on the court are just going to be, could be exposed by Malone and Joker could carry them over that just because of their limitations. But to do a multiple series, there's no way. This series is very intriguing. You got playoff game, which is phenomenal. And this, I really wish this Portland team would have stayed where they were because I definitely would have put a future on them. But the fact that they drop down now and have to play this Denver team and then win or lo- then win are going to either have to play the Lakers or the Suns, that's just too much to them. Yeah. For them. I mean, I really feel that the Clippers lucked out by getting that fourth line. But that's that's just kind of me with how the playoffs played out. Um, this series is going to be very – I don't know. Like, it's very – I can't really – how can I say – I can't really pick a winner right now just because I don't really – no, there's so many variables in this, and mm-hmm. one of this them is, is like Joker. a game to game one more the, for the you. Defense, Joker's cardio, Porter taking that next extra step. Bonnie Morris and Will Barton, those guys. Will have Barton's to be hurt huge. though. Barton's yeah. hurt though. Like, yeah. God only knows what he's going to be able to do. And it comes a point like, are these secondary guys going to be able to do something for Denver? I just don't know. And like, I know like adding Gordon was great, but with the stuff that Gary Harris did the cutting to the rim, the defending, the three-point shooting. 
I mean, that this could have been a guy that they could have needed in this series. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing that makes Portland deadly is they have damn, like we said before, other teams have damn LeBron, whoever, that guy in the wing, you can put that Drew Holiday ball in his Mitchell. hands. Yeah, who can drive and create. Denver doesn't have that. No. And everything has Not to be funnel. And, like, eventually that's just going to catch up to him. I could see him winning the series. I think the series goes seven. But I – Whoever wins the series is going to lose to the Suns or Lakers. They had a seven gamer in 2019, um, and uh, they had that four overtime game. Remember, uh, it was like 140 to 137, and Jokic ha- averaged 27 plus, uh, almost 14 rebounds and over seven assists in that series. And I think it was only they, this was from ESPN's article that his second ever. So that uh, that should be fun. He was insane. He averaged 1.3 points per possession um, out of the post, 1.30. That was the best by any player in the season since 2013, 2014, which is when they started tracking it. So the most by any player since they've used this metric, the second spectrum. And when they double team him, he's actually more efficient because he's so good out of the double team. But in the playoffs, will the other guys hit those shots? When there's no Murray around sometimes to pass out into the double team, can the Bart, like we said, a Barton if he's healthy, um, more yes, Porter, Porter. Huge, it's got to be Porter. He's got to be, he's got to average 30. Yeah, where he just disappeared in a series. You know what I mean? And he has gotten better defensively, but Millsap had to play a lot of those closing minutes last year because he was just such a liability on the defensive end. You know, I'll give him credit. He has been playing better defensively, but. Playoff basketball is just such a different breed. So they've, uh, you know, he, they've, uh, they've got a forty percent capacity allowed uh, for Denver, um, which you know that's a tough place to play. And when you go over to the Portland side, you mentioned defensively. You know, they were so so bad defensively for most of the season, um, but since April twenty seventh, they were actually twelfth in defense. They held opponents to a league low 1.06 point per uh, points per possession in transition. So we'll see. I'm not sure how much transition is going to matter for the Nuggets without Murray. They probably won't be able to push it quite as much. They'll probably want to just try to slow it down and funnel everything through the Joker. That doesn't mean they won't be scoring, but they won't be probably running as much. And a real, real key for for Portland. They need to get a good series from Nurkic. Because they need Nurkic, who's only played 37 games this year, but he did play the final 15 games. In that stretch, though, the the most he played in any game was 32 minutes. He only played over 30 minutes twice, 32 and 30. He's going to have to play 35 to, uh, and and defend Jokic. He's going to have to be be able to put a big body on there. Like Cantor cannot defend, cannot put like play defense on Jokic whatsoever. He's a big body, but he. He can just give him five and ten minutes and and maybe rack up a few fouls, but defensively, Jokic will eat him alive. And Nurkic has the ability to not only play okay enough defense, but he can. Nurkic is really good offensively too, and sometimes that's like one of the best things to do against a really good offensive player. Eric is to make them have to work a little bit on the defensive end. I think that's why AD matches up really well in games a lot of times with Jokic. Um, because he makes you have to defend him too. So by the exactly. time you go down the other way, you don't have the same kind of energy and uh, like 
like bouncing your step. And I mean, this could be the perfect series where we see why Portland made that trade and got Norman Powell. You know, he could be a yeah. huge X factor in the series because he's somebody that does have the playoff success. But yeah, Joker, you got to make him work defensively. You can't just have him just lugged out. You know what I mean? You got to make him work because then he'll take time off on the offensive offensive part of the ball. But but yeah, like I I don't know the series. This is the toughest it's, series. It's for fun me though. Me too. To protect. Me yeah, too. It's, just, it's, and remember, um, Nurkic and Jokic were both playing for Denver together at the same time. And they had to figure out what to do And they ended up having to make a trade And they decided to, to trade Nurkic But it was funny because I remember For a while like They would both basically split the, split the game And it would it would kind of Hurt both of them And, and Nurkic wouldn't like They would like start Nurkic a lot of the time and, and then Jokic would come off the bench But Jokic would always play great But then he wouldn't get his it was, It's just kind of a funny dynamic now That they're going to be going against each other Head up in a series After they were two guys that Denver sort of had to make a decision I remember I, I picked Jokic in fantasy one of these years And then I ended up having to drop him Because he just wasn't playing all that much And Nurkic gets hurt And Jokic is incredible And uh, I ended up having him the next year I think one of my team names was uh, Gino Nicola Bacola Jokic <laughs> And, <laughs> and uh, he, he, I mean he just, really is amazing what he does You know incredible. what I mean? He looks so like And I saw him play not last year But two years ago in person And he's like Harden, when you see Harden play, is like so fast, it's insane. Like it doesn't do him, him justice how fast he is. You watch Joker play in person, and nothing he does is fast. No. It's just slow, deliberate, and he's just good at it. And it's just really mind-boggling that no one can really stop him. It shows how speed him up. He actually is. Oh yeah, right. Like you can't Everything take him so, so out of him. his game. It's yeah. it's crazy. A guy like that's that big. He's had one or two stretches in his NBA career where. There may have been like a month or two where he would, he just was sort of out of shape and he wasn't quite himself. But honestly, he's been just unbelievable all year long this year. And he he has been one of those players, you know, people joke about like playoff LeBron or playoff Rondo or playoff who there is a there is a playoff Jokic. Like this yeah. dude has been like he has taken his game to another level in the playoffs. So this series is gonna be an absolute blast. They are the Saturday Saturday night game So this is the 10.30pm Eastern time game on ESPN Portland at Denver Going to be an absolute blast there In that 3 versus 6 matchup Yeah I mean I like I, That's one I'm going to watch Like I, I want to I want to lean Portland Just because they've been playing so well lately um, I, I Yeah it's, it's one though Like I think we're both kind of feeling like a, I, I'd like to see a game a half at least And maybe play something in game or kind of Kind of go from there so uh, Cool cool 3-6 matchup there And we got a 4-5 matchup In the west that's going to be a rematch of a First round matchup last year Where you've got the Clippers against the Mavericks The four-seeded Clippers They've been kind of uh, real under the radar this year It's kind of real quiet Last year they were um, a, a little more Puffed their chest out this year you don't really they did a better job of just kind of playing their game, trying to win and not really be too loud about it. Um they I mean they're a really well built team. They they have a lot of good veteran pieces now too. Guys like Rondo and Ibaka will maybe be guys in that locker room that can help if you know Paul George mentally starts to struggle a little bit or you know they some of those demons from last year creep in. Um 
they're like they're very like they're well set up for a nice run here, and they're in a good spot um, as far as where they are in the bracket. A lot of people gave them shit for uh, for sort of tanking the last couple games. I think what down the stretch they went uh, just four and six in their last ten, but and in one of them was against the Lakers, and the Lakers were really banged up, and and they they just crushed them. I like, mean that game against the Thunder was embarrassing. Like, it was. They made it was it though. So obvious that they didn't want to win that game. It was. It I was just pretty. I that's, mean, that's what they you wonder when, call it when you do that. Do you mess with the gambling like, gods yeah. or the sports? Yeah. Not the gambling yeah. gods, but the sports gods. You know, like yeah. if you are trying that hard to kind of tank your way out of. That's sort of how you know you think of sometimes like some of the teams that actually play it out, like a team like Minnesota this year, right? They should be rewarded, in my opinion, and they should get the number one overall pick and be able to keep that pick because they they did a good job at the end of the year. They were kind of fun. Like Ed, yeah. Edwards looked really good. They tried to win games instead of just packing it up and tanking, you know. Because um, even if they may have like lost a few more games, it might have given them a, a small a bigger opportunity to keep their pick. So maybe they should get rewarded. We'll see what happens. Uh, um, and I agree that the last couple of games were were pretty pretty brutal. Um, what 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 version of of surge are we going to get though from them? You know, surge was he had one of those weird injuries where they're like, oh yeah, surge is going to be back in just a couple of games, day to day, day to day, day to day, day to day, and then all of a sudden it's like, um, where's surge? Like, like yeah. what's going on here? And I think he ended up only playing forty one games this year. He missed like thirty games in a row. He did play the final couple of games, um, but I mean, is he going to be ready? To play like high level defense on someone like Porzingis. Yeah, I mean it's all about health. I mean even with quiet is quiet. Like what is quiet? Where is he health wise? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big thing. But I really think with I love this Clippers team where they position themselves right now. They are. I mean they got spot. the leadership with Ibaka. They got the leadership with Rondo. And let's face it, that was the weakness last year. There was no leadership at all. No one was. No one was. Holding Kawhi or Paul George accountable. Now you have those guys who will hold them accountable. Those guys have won, and they can say, "Hey guys, if we're going to win, this is how we're going to do. This is what we need to do." Um, and they have Cousins. They add some more size. They, I know there was like the whole series last year where like they got into it with Luca. Porzingis got hurt. I just feel that. Dallas doesn't have enough firepower. I agree. To win the series. I agree. Could it go six? Yeah. But at the sure. end of the day, I Luca just doesn't have enough around him right now. And I mean, I've been telling you this for a year now that there's something going on with Luke, Luca and Porzingis. People mm-hmm. just assume because they're and Cubans even mentioned it. And Cuban mentioned I've been saying that for a year to you on the show. And finally and Cuban saying, came out. Yeah. We don't we're fine. Yeah. We like each yeah. other, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, there's that. I just, I don't know. I just, they just don't have enough firepower. I mean, sometimes you just can't overthink the room, and this is one of the situations. So, the series last year was a good one, and then Porzingis got hurt. And so, you know, that is always something you have to think about with with Porzingis. He ended up playing the final three games, and... You know, he's last year, I think he uh, he averaged over 23 points a game and 52% shooting in the three games against the Clippers. But, but if he's not playing at a high level, that like, he has to be 
very, very good for them to win a a, a series against the Clippers. And you know, they they've done a good job with guys like Brunson and Finney Smith. Like they've stepped up, and you know, Dallas actually played really well down the stretch to move all the way up to to the five spot. But they like they just don't feel like if you in in a matchup with the ma- uh, in a matchup with you know the Nuggets or the Blazers or the Suns even hell the Jazz I think any of them I would probably feel more confident about Dallas's chances than this particular series as crazy as it sounds if Rondo wasn't there I'd feel comfortable with Dallas but I just feel Rondo just brings such leadership to the table yep he's going to be able to get everyone in their position everyone's going to understand and then Dallas isn't you know, like I said doesn't it doesn't have enough firepower to be able to score enough and check enough to keep on the and doesn't have enough defensively to handle George and Leonard. So I think got, four two. Think about the the guys they can throw at at Luca too, just to make it difficult for him. Like Luca will get his. He'll get he'll have a couple of really good games, but you've got Paul George, Kawhi, you've got Batum, you've got Morris as guys like all guys that you can like bodies that you can legitimately put on on Luca and to make things difficult for him. And you mentioned Rondo. You know he's played eighteen games for the Clippers. He's Averaged 20 minutes a game And he shot 42% from 3 And he's had almost 6 assists in those 20 minutes Like that's exactly what you want from Rondo Come in, run the floor for a little bit Make things a little easier for uh, for guys like uh, Kawhi and Paul George And then when they Like sag off of you and leave you wide open Just hit those threes. And that's what Rondo did He played really well for the Lakers last year He helped the Lakers quite a bit They needed that because you know the Lakers didn't have Schroeder last year they needed That extra ball handler when LeBron Needed some time out or time off or uh, to Come out of the game when Le- when You know you want to just kind of set him on the Wing for uh, a few plays down Rondo steadied he had a lot Of big shots last year and he He could be that presence I think I'd be a, I'd be pretty surprised if uh, If Dallas won this series it'd probably be one of The more surprising uh, and to the me. thing about Rondo is he gets such a bad rap I mean you look at it like the whole thing happened With Dallas where he basically Carlisle was Just like dude get the hell out of here yeah But you look at what he did like when he went To the Pelicans He got them that series over He like elevated Anthony Davis he Even got the, the Bulls Pelicans. yeah Remember the, the Bulls? Bulls yeah and the Celtics like This guy is an underrated leader and Winner and it's like because of those Little hiccups he had with the Mavericks, everyone's forgetting about it. You know what I mean? Like, immediately he goes to Los Angeles. I mean, I kind of like the clip. Gun to my head. I mean, granted, last week I said the Blazers, but now I'm kind of liking the clip. Well, seeing where the bracket has fallen, you know? I I think it's a great, great spot for them to end up having to play the them and then the Jazz. And then if, you know, you know, Whoever on the other side of the bracket, maybe it's the Suns, maybe it's the Lakers, maybe it's the the Blazers uh, or, or the Nuggets, but I think those teams would be more difficult matchups um, for the Clippers. So the you know what they they tanked to try to get a, get to where they are, and now they're there. So this is this is crucial for them too. We got to remember with you know like I don't think Kawhi would leave. I think he 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 likes being here, and this is where he wants to be. And you know, Windhorse was even talking about like location wise, he likes it here in SoCal. Um, but you know, they don't win if they have like another bad exit. Let's say for some reason. They just do have a terrible first round series and they lose. Don't you think he's at least thinking about it? And now you you are a Clippers team that mortgaged your future to get these two guys together. And if he leaves or you have to, you know, 
Try to trade Paul George or look around I mean just you know make some sort Of a move this is a big Moment for a team that is You look at all the teams in the west From the top down Utah question marks about Mitchell two seed The the Suns you know the, the reason why The Suns are actually where they are I think I, re- I read that um, They're like Top four like key Starters only missed a total of Six games like that's why the Suns have been so good Just because they've been there I don't think we think the Suns are That that great In order to You know make it all the way through But you look at every other team Denver's got the Mitchell question mark um, You know the We don't know what we're going to get with Porzingis From the Mavericks We look at the six seed um, You know Portland we have questions Nurkic hasn't been healthy all year he's finally back Like they've had health issues you look at the Lakers Obviously they've got a ton of health issues Warriors have been missing players like The Clippers are the most well Set team coming into This playoffs even with some of the Ibaka stuff because they've got Zubak They've got Morris they can They can they got Cousins Cousins and Cousins Cousins he can come and give you 10 points in 12 minutes and that's all you need That's it you know two, what I mean? two six yeah. minute Stretches that's all yep. you need and Three minutes It gives you a guy who Two or three times down the court You can just throw the ball to Right Same. Like he's not yeah. running offense through him He'll make a pass or he'll make a drive Even if he doesn't score It just kind of like Keeps It doesn't It keeps a run from happening From like multiple turnovers in a row To where somebody just goes 8 or 10-0 Like yep. They're well built They're yep. in good and shape Yeah I mean I Like I said like Playoff set They're my pick to come out of the west I'll, I'll say it right now Yep Yep, and uh, yeah, we talked about uh, Golden State, the eight seed, as uh, they're they're. Uh, we think, we hope, we wonder if they're going to be the eight seed. They may be the eight seed, Golden State or Memphis. We told you what we thought kind of would happen with both of the uh, both of those teams as we now move over to the Eastern Conference and um, the maybe second. Uh, I, I would have the Clippers as far as the like the road they have. I, I think no doubt about it. The team with the easiest road to a conference final. And then what would inevitably be the easiest road to a final has to be the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, I don't know, like, you know, we'll talk a lot about their struggles on the perimeter and if they'll be able to score late in games when they have to, but they're going to get a first round series with a Washington team that they are much better than. They're going to get a second round series, um, if they would, if they get through that, with either the Knicks or the Hawks, two teams. That have no playoff experience Had really good years But do not feel like legitimate title contenders And they're going to be Getting that road While the other two teams they play uh, You know like if You will have to play um, You know the the Nets Are going to have to deal with Boston And, and at least Tatum who, who's capable of having a big game Like we saw there tonight And then the Bucks are going to have to deal with the Heat And then they're going to have to deal with each other that's a tough road for the two and three seeds You look at the one seed Philly It seems like it's so much easier For them at least through these first couple rounds I mean that's why That Saturday game When the Bucks played Everybody and beat the Heat I'm like dude like you realize right now like You're setting yourself up for this first round matchup I really thought The Bucks would have just Like did the Clippers did tanked it You know hey we'll play the Hawks, they're not as physical. They like to get up and down and run like us. That really surprised me because, I mean, you look at that bottom half. I mean, at the beginning of the season, that's four of the five teams you would have said would have been the top top five teams in the um, 
in the conference. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a tough road for that is whoever really comes tough out. Road. Um, the 76ers have the Wizards. I mean, Beal is obviously not 100%. Russ, playoff Russ, you know, he's great in the regular season. He looked, I, I'll i be honest, like, I didn't get an opportunity to watch the game the night I taped it. But the first game against the Celtics, he wasn't that intense, wasn't attacking that much. Terrible. And I'll be honest, dude, I don't even remember the last time I saw freaking David Birkins make a freaking three-pointer, dude. Everyone talks about how good this guy is a shooter, dude. Like, I don't even recall the last time I saw him hit a shot was, you know, he so fought. he was so, and I played, I played Washington in that freaking game too against like, Boston. And I was I'm, so, I was so frustrated because he, he was just flinging and, and just could not hit the broadside of a barn. Nothing, like nothing at all. Like, I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Like he couldn't hit anything. Um, Washington, you know, game three, like I, I'll know I'll bet him game three. But they just don't have anyone that can stop Embiid. Um, and they just don't have anyone else. Besides, and Beal's not healthy. You know, if Beal's with 100%, you know, maybe they'd sneak out to a six game. But who's going to stop Joel Embiid? Like, it, nobody. nobody. They, don't have no, they have nobody. So no, Robin Lopez, I, yeah, oh, yeah. they're going to attempt, I mean, you know. 4-1. 4-1 easily. And then, you know, it's just it's just one of those series you just can't outthink it. Everyone's going to be like, oh, they have Russell. They have Beal. They'll be able to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. I mean, they'll win one game at that. Yeah, and then and then it'll be of concern for Philly moving forward with um, some of the things that you were just saying about uh, how Denver is built right now. What will it look like for them on the perimeter? Because Danny Green and Seth Curry are very good pieces, and I think they make their team a better team and give them th- more three-point shooting. But they still don't really have the guy on the perimeter because that's not Ben Simmons and that's really not Tobias Harris either. And so you're in a weird situation where in the last couple minutes you can get the ball to Embiid to get some good looks. They double him though. You know, you get someone else in open three, but you just don't have the guy who there's two seconds on the shot clock and he can get you a 20 footer or put up a, you know, put up a three and, and hit like a big high, like a big high difficulty shot. Um, so that's their going to be their worry when they get into a series against other teams that are really good like them because their defense is excellent. I think they were like second in defensive efficiency um, offense. They were 13th um, and, you know, guys like Danny Green, who I know for sure, and Seth Curry, they can go really hot, but they can definitely go really cold, too. Oh, I mean, Green can he can disappear. He cannot make anything. Cool. Ice I mean, cold. I mean, eight threes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Like, like you hit on the head. Like this team just doesn't have that guy. Okay, scores tied. You need someone at the top of the key. They just don't have that. Long term, that's what I feel is going to hurt Philly. Um, that's why I feel they made a mistake not trying to get uh, Lowry from the some from the Raptors. I just feel like that's the piece that's missing. They had a great regular season, but long term, I don't think they can they can win it. Because that's because they don't have someone that can create. So they uh, are allowing fifty percent capacity in Philly. Um, one cool stat um, that was uh, talking about how the how good they are in defensive plus minus. They were the only team, and this is the ESPN defensive real plus minus only team with a player in the top ten in every position. 
Danny Green was third uh, at small forward and on defense. Tobias Harris was fourth uh, power forward. Joel Embiid was sixth among centers. Ben Simmons was fifth among point guards, and Seth Curry was eighth among shooting guards. So like that that lineup is good, um, but they you know half court offense things slowed down for them. Um, what is it going to be like? And you know I, I just. I don't think they're going to get pushed though in their first two rounds. Do you think, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the four or five series in a minute, but do you think either of those teams, if they were, you know, let's say they get through Washington uh, in this first round, do you think the Knicks or the, the Hawks, either of them would have an opportunity against the, against Philly? Mm, I think the Knicks do. As crazy as it sounds, and I don't, I think the Knicks would just because of the basketball they play is that old school physical, defensive style and they'll beat the living shit out of you like you look at these other teams like the bottom half of the bracket i mean brooklyn they're not going to do that milwaukee's not going to do that celtics aren't going to do that he aren't going to do that i mean the knicks are such a physical team you may win win the series but the toll that the pounding will take on your body will catch up with you I would not want to play the Knicks. And Me neither. Also, the Knicks, like we just talked about, how Philly doesn't have that guy that can create off the dribble. The Knicks have a couple. Derek Rose and Julius Randle that can do it. And now since Randle's added that jump shot, you can't take off of them anymore. So, I mean, they're going to be a dangerous team. And also, I think Thibodeau right now, you can argue he had the best coaching year of any coach in the NBA. And you're giving him a whole week. No, sorry, not a whole week, but you're giving him multiple games if that's the matchup. I would not want to play the Knicks if I were the um, Philly. 76ers. I'd be yeah, rooting for I mean, Atlanta. Can can someone like, uh, he hasn't really had a great year, but this is a guy who is another one of those veteran players who's had some big playoff moments here and there. Can someone like a George Hill maybe come in and help Philly and, and and not be as good as Rondo But sort of do some Rondo things And maybe straighten them out a little bit He did at least play the last 15 games of the year or so He you know he never really played much more than About 20 minutes or so a game but in a playoff Setting maybe this guy can come in Who's been there before and played in Some big games and just kind of take the Ball out of Ben's hands a little bit Late as someone who at the very Least is a threat From the perimeter I mean I just have the vision of what happened last year. He disappeared last year. Completely. He could not right? do Completely. anything last year. And I mean, I get it. Like, he's going to be like your, the guy you worry about fourth or fifth on the court, but he's just not that type of guy. You know what he, I mean? He's, like, a, he's yeah. an icing on the cake guy. Yeah. He's not someone he, you can depend on. If he, if he has a great game, then it's like, oh, cool. George, he helped us out, but you can't, you can't count. He can't on be him. the, he can't, he can't, you cannot win a title if he's the guy with, Initiating things 24 late. seconds 20 seconds to go And he's at the top of the key And you're like Hey create Get to the hole Or get someone When they yeah. run twos at you Kick it he, he can't be that guy So I mean Was he a good ad? Yeah Would Lowry have been a better ad? Hell yeah. Absolutely So I just I just That's For me That's the thing That's preventing me From picking the 76ers To advance that far From my from like just a pure price, and we'll kind of talk about that uh, at the end. Is sort of maybe the the teams, and, and from a price standpoint, from from a pure price standpoint, I think where I saw them is in like the plus seven fifty, uh, plus eight hundred range. Um, and so 
Like the Nets are actually favored uh, The 76ers and the Bucks are kind of on, on the same range But the 76ers are behind the Nets, Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz um, From just a pure price standpoint That, like, Brooklyn's like 220, 250 in that range And uh, the 76ers are 750 with just a much easier road now we have our concerns about them getting getting maybe past a team like a Milwaukee or a Brooklyn who we're going to talk about next but one thing that you know if Philly does have to play Brooklyn or a Milwaukee the two teams we're going to move to now in a conference final situation what will either of these teams have left um we'll start with with Brooklyn you know we've got a situation now where we have the three studs they're big 3 Kyrie Harden and Durant They have played a total of 8 games Together One of these cool stats was The fewest games a championship team's top 3 scorers Have ever played together in a regular season Is 10 When the uh, 2000-2001 Lakers Kobe, Shaq and Fisher Only played 10 games all together uh, And Fisher's not <laughs> Fisher's not like a leading scorer Fisher definitely like was the third banana there So that's what it's going to come down to how healthy are these guys? What kind of chemistry are we going to have um, with three that haven't played together all throughout the year? When things get tight, are they going to exactly know where each other should be at all times? And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, even even in their first round matchup that they play against Boston, so Durant is he going to guard Tatum? That's not going to be easy for Durant That's going to be sort of difficult for a guy who Physically may not be 100% right now I don't know if I would want him Guarding Tatum You know who's going to really At least make him work on that end I don't think Boston has a chance to beat him in the series But if Durant has to guard Tatum for Five games and You know wear himself down a little bit And then get into a, a Buck series you know that that's what I'm worried about with both of these two and three seeded teams that we're going to talk about next is it's not going to be quite as easy as I feel like a lot of people think it's just oh it's going to be the uh, the Nets they've got those three guys they put them all together and it um I don't know if I just want to give them the benefit of the doubt. The thing with the Nets is this is they remind me of the Spurs teams where they were con- they were just so much better winning at all when they had that run. Back in the day, they would just they defensively they weren't that good. They would just go out there and just outscore you because they knew like you didn't have enough to keep up with them. And I really feel that that's what this Nets team is going to do with the Celtics team. They just know the Celtics don't have enough to keep up with them. And this series, I mean, it's going to be four one at most. And I really that game on Sunday showed how good Stevens is. Everyone's sitting out for Boston. New York's fighting for a playoff position. Stevens has all these nobodies out there playing, and Boston still was in position to win the game. So Stevens is going to win the one game, but Boston just doesn't have enough firepower. And the thing with the series when Brooklyn plays Milwaukee, hypothetically, like if Milwaukee gets through um, Miami, those teams aren't that physical. They like to get up and down and run. Now, granted, it may last, it lasts seven, six games that is long, but New York is going to pound you more. So I can make the argument that those guys from Philly will be more beat up than whoever wins the Brooklyn-Milwaukee um, series just because of the way that those two teams play versus the way the Knicks play. 
Continuing on here with uh, Eric Etoff 2-1 Sports We're in the Western Conference Or the Eastern Conference now We're talking about the Brooklyn Nets And their 2-7 matchup Coming up with the Boston Celtics So um, Brooklyn I believe They have a 10% capacity At the Barclays Center They have the highest offensive rating In the league They score the second most points per game I mean it, it like I, I agree This This series is not it shouldn't be a difficult one for them, but we're all gonna just watch and and be curious to see what kind of a, a workload um, Harden, Durant, and Kyrie are all able to go through. Someone like Kyrie, you know, how much do you trust someone like him who and like Kyrie, don't like Kyrie um, personally? He seems like he's actually a guy who really genuinely cares and and does a lot of good. But if you're someone on his team. And he's having a bad day or a bad week And he decides he doesn't want to show Or he's just not into things Like, Is he someone that you can really count on um, Four consecutive series Or at the very least like Three consecutive tough series If they were to have to win it all Oh, I mean There was this interesting article I think it was in the post um, About Kyrie And how he played with the best player on the planet And it wasn't enough for him how he played yep. with Stevens, and I mean, yeah, it was really Boston. Yeah, is really it was a real, real interesting read. And you know, he just he disappeared for two weeks this year. Like everyone seems to forget about it. Like he went AWOL for two weeks. No one knows where he went. Um, I just you're right. Like what happens if he has one of those things where he just doesn't want to play? You don't know what you're gonna get. Harden is for as good as Harden is, he's out of shape. You know, he looked big. That game he played his first one back against, I think, I believe it was the Spurs. Um, and then anytime Durant felt a little a little banged up with the leg, he always cycled himself out this year. Is he going to do that in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there is a million questions about this Brooklyn team. And that Brooklyn team doesn't go with as well when Harden's not out there. But this is another thing we just can't outthink the room. Durant's one of the best players Ever to play the game They're going to yeah. get through this Boston series Without a shadow of a doubt Yeah, the no doubt. next series That's when their playoffs like really start And the team that we are going to discuss In that next series Are the Milwaukee Bucks I guess like the one other thing to mention too Is just like if Jalen Brown was here Then maybe you give Not Boston, not even Boston Like a, a good chance to win But like there's a small chance That those two guys can both be really good and and make things difficult defensively on Harden and Durant too because they're both pretty good two way players. But you know you take Jalen Brown off this team and the, the a lot of their team's been banged up too, like Williams and uh, Fournier. Also, Kemba would have to be like absolutely nuts here. I just like I can't in my head picture that series going more than I mean at the very most Boston winning two games. Yeah, I say five. Five games for one. me too. I mean, yeah, they just don't that, have enough firepower. No, let's get to the the Bucks. Uh, they are the the three seed, so uh, they're they're a difficult spot. Like you said, they they could have avoided Miami. Instead, they said, "Bring it on, Miami!" And they beat them. And now they're going to have to play this team that beat them last year on their way to to making the NBA Finals. So this is a different version of the Bucks, though. And the Bucks did seem like they really addressed a major weakness of theirs in the offseason. They brought in another ball handler. What we're talking about as a weakness with 
the Philadelphia 76ers And as possibly a weakness For a team like the Nuggets Where they don't really have that good good perimeter guy That can get their shot late in the game Now they have that And they actually have a couple Because Middleton can kind of do it You don't really want Middleton to be the one Having to do it But if you know if you start to double Drew and Middleton's got the ball Like he can also initiate some offense Or if he's hot and he's feeling it So now you've got like three options And and Drew is probably the best option To initiate things late in the game And to be the one making decisions late Oh for sure I mean because the thing is is like Middleton's really good Dribble drive and go Pick and roll and go But he's not that good when you run twos in him He's just not that good at all Giannis will just press and go to the rim Drew is that calming factor He'll drive. He'll put people in position. And you look at this team. They added Portis, who's a great athletic center. He can rebound. He can. He's going to be able to come in, and he's going to be able to help defend Bam. Um, they have everything. P.J. Tucker? Oh, P.J. Tucker. Totally forgot about him. Yeah. Win three. Tough D. I like the Bucks to come out of the East. I put the future in them at plus 750, actually, to win it all. Just because I just really feel that ho- that holiday is just such this calming factor, and how hard you're going to have to work defensively just to score in them. This team is way better defensively, and let's not forget, Giannis was hurt in that Miami series last year. Yeah, like people seem to forget about that and just seem to like throw this guy in the gutter as much as they can. I really think like for this Milwaukee team, like. I think the plan was to sit him, and those guys were kind of like, "No, we want to play. We want to beat him. This is who we want. Let's go after it." I really think like that's what they did. They wanted to beat this team that devastated their storybook season last year, and I really think Miami's going to not Miami, Milwaukee's going to win this series. Miami, I mean, I really think like for how much they had to play the second half of the season to get into this position. And all the basketball they played, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a tired team. And Tyler Hero, to me, is basically just Luke Kennard. I've never seen somebody be big of a folk hero and really just not be that good at basketball. Duncan Robinson, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't value this Miami team as much as everybody else does. It's I really think... People I really are- think People were giving it last year in the playoffs and stuff, and people give him a lot of crap. Uh, they they gave Kuzma a lot of crap. He he's like a really polarizing player because people a lot like everybody knows Kuzma, and and he's not like one of the best players in the league. So he's definitely known more than than based on what his skill level of basketball is. But that's but the funny thing is, it's not his fault. It's because he's a part of the Lakers, and it's actually because he's kind of overachieved. Early on and so people really hate On him but it's funny you look at a guy like Kuzma who a lot of people will compare to Someone like Hero and Kuzma where Yeah sometimes he doesn't shoot uh, as Good of a clip from three as some people would like If you look at what he's done in the last couple Years he's made himself into a Player that is always going To be an NBA rotation player and is always Going to be able to be on the court In big moments even closing games if you Need to because he can play really Good defense now he can defend multiple Positions he learned how to rebound He learned how to like play make a little Bit and just sort of figure out his role Um it's exciting you always Get the comparison like who's Like hero is who Laker fans Think Kuzma is but right now Kuzma's just had like a much better More consistent year he's one of the more Consistent players that's kind of who Miami could need Hero to 
kind of you know like blossom into someone who has to be a little bit more well rounded. He can have great games or he can score, but you need a more consistent presence on the floor in the playoffs. It's crazy to me they wouldn't trade make the trade for James Harden because of Tyler Hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you sit back and think about that and you saw how well James Harden played, it's mind boggling to me. But I mean, like you start to hear rumblings like about Tyler Hero being too South Beach, coming out with a cereal, dating the Instagram model, not working as hard. You're seeing little things on the court, like with Jimmy Butler, like calling out his teammates. I really don't think stuff is as posh in Miami as it's being let on in because every Miami Heat writer and fan always talks about the culture, but I think there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And with the Bucks adding Drew Holiday, it's just going to be such a calming factor because they were in every game. They just pressed toward the end and made bad decisions in the playoff in down the stretch in those playoff games last year. With Holiday, I don't think that's going to happen. They relished the bubble because they were like they mentally at that time they were doing really well as a team. They all seemed to like each other. They were well coached. They were well led. They were one of those teams that I think really took advantage of the bubble situation. Um, and I will know, tell you, Pfizer, where the Bucks play. That is a tough effing place to play. That and the Bucks, place gets loud as hell. So I really think like that's another thing to remember too. Fifty percent capacity uh, allowed there. Um, Drew Holiday shooting thirty nine percent from three this year on just under five attempts. Uh, Bucks are the first team to average at least twenty. I think I said one hundred twenty since uh, nineteen eighty four eighty five. Um, so that's incredible. And. Miami, we mentioned the hero struggles Only shot 35% from the field Over a 14 game stretch in April Oh, From the field um, And It's going to come down to Butler With yep. Butler, they were 33-19 and 19. They uh, held opponents to 106.1 points per game Which was second in the NBA Without him, they were 7-13 and 13. I, I don't think they would be without him But what kind of version of him Are you going to get We've seen when he's Good, he can win you games in the NBA Finals last year He did it against the Lakers But if he's not 100%, this team is going to really have a tougher task this year Because the three teams that they would have to beat along the way to get to the Finals They all feel like they're a lot better right now Than where those teams were set up Or the top three teams were set up last year in the bubble Oh, for sure, for sure This is going to be a tough stretch And I just, I don't know, like this is going to see where if all those all that work Giannis did on his three throws. Is he going to mm-hmm. be able to make those clutch three throws? And we're going to be able to tell early in this series. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the series because there's so many variables. But, I mean, six or seven bucks get it done in my opinion. Though I just don't – can the Heat score enough? You know what I mean? Everyone – do they have enough firepower to keep up? Because you look at the Bucks roster, they have multiple guys that can score 30 a game. And DiVincenzo crashes the board like no other. And the Bucks have guys that can play defense. And Tucker, Holiday, Brooke Lopez is good on the defensive end. Andre DeCupo. I mean, I think it's going to be a tough out. I think it's going to be a completely different series as we saw last year than we Miami, saw last year. Miami only uh, allowing 15% capacity at American Airlines Arena uh, right now. And this is going to sound crazy. Like, Bucks really don't have that many sing- – Bucks main dudes – Aren't single guys, you know what I mean? Like, so when they go to Miami, they're not the partying. Par- the party factor isn't there. They're family you know guys. I, you, you, you know they're old. Yeah, like, that's a good they, point. They don't have like. Oh, Drew Holiday yeah. is like a great dude. Oh, he's like sure. 
one of the best human beings on the planet. Giannis He's donating is go- like like a, I think a million dollars of his salary this year to black owned businesses in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like it's insane. And you got Giannis just announced a second kid on the way. You know what I mean? Those mm-hmm. guys aren't hitting the titty bar like like hard it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's exactly they're exactly. just in a different part of their life. So you gotta kinda remember that as crazy as it sounds. The final Eastern Conference series is the 4-5 matchup. We've got the Knicks. We've got the Hawks. Can you believe these two teams have a first-round playoff series? They have both completely overachieved just to get here. In the conversation, I think the two people that you have to really give the the most credit for when it it comes to the Knicks are Tibbs and Julius. Um, You know, First, it was Leon Rose, I think the new president. He brought in Tibbs as their head coach. And Julius has led the Knicks in scoring, assists, and in usage. And then they got, you know, Derrick Rose, who's been really, really good. Barrett, uh, Reggie Bullock, who's been been excellent too. They have not played much in the in the playoffs, though. Their starters have played a combined 16 total playoff games. Uh, Rose does have some some playoff experience, though. He's going to give you that coming off the bench. Um, first game for Randall in the postseason. They have been really good in clutch time um, in since April. In just the last month and a half, they've had eleven games that were would be considered like clutch time games, and they were nine and two in those games, which would have been second best in the NBA. This is a very well coached team. They're going to make you work. They're going to play really good defense on you. And so, you know, when it comes down to their particular matchup, you have to wonder how do they attack Trey Young. He only shot 36% against them this year in uh, in three games, which was the second lowest field goal percentage that he had against any team this year. And Tibbs has a week. Like, he has a week to prepare right now to stop Trey Young. And I just really think, like, Nick McMillan's great, but we have to remember he hasn't coached that well in the playoffs. He has a history of underachieving and first-round exits in the playoffs. I really think this is a huge coaching matchup. I think Tibbs, you look at his track record, what he's done has done. I think the Knicks, I think this is gonna the Knicks are just gonna beat the hell out of this Atlanta team. Like they're just gonna out physical physical them. And they're just gonna make it a dogfight game, dogfight series. I think the Knicks I think the Knicks win this series actually relatively easy, like four one. Hawks have had a lot of injuries, haven't played like together as a big unit. Um, and they're young. They really don't have that much experience. I'm not saying the Knicks do. But just with how the Knicks play, it's going to be easy for them to have playoff success compared to all the Hawks play have playoff success. Three games against the Hawks this year. Randall scored 40, 44, and 28. Um, so he has performed really well. They beat Atlanta all three times this year. Again, some of those games, it's hard because... Players were in and out and and this Atlanta team um, Is a lot different right we got to give Them credit because they were 14 and 20 At one point and like kind of Scratching our heads expecting them to be better Because they brought in Bogdanovich they brought In Gallo they you know they brought in Rondo they had that they brought in some other vets And they were just terrible They fired their coach and They bring in McMillan and All of a sudden they go 27 11 um, and they end up climbing all the way Up to the fifth spot and They've really been able to to do a good job of kind of unlocking Bogdanovich, and what it what it does for them now is they don't have to try to play as much like the Warriors have been playing with Curry with Trey Young, um, because they've got another guy out there like Bogdanovich who can also handle the ball. Or if for some reason like Trey is getting attacked 
on the defensive like defensively if they're if you're picking on Trey, you can bring Bogdanovich in for a few minutes and let him run things. They've been really good with Bogdanovich. I think he's had he's averaged 18 points per game since bringing uh, McMillan uh, has become the new head coach and when when Young is off the floor, they're actually outscoring opponents by 3.9 points per 100 possession with Bogdanovich on and with Young off. So that that is something that I think has been the difference for them is that they don't have to be 40 plus minutes of just Trey to feel like they can they're going to be competitive. They have another guy that can really handle the ball. And I think the key to that is Trey went out for a spell and yep. it kind of showed them they were forced. how much like Bogey could do and how good he actually is. But I just okay. Young is such a liability defensively. Like how much you know what I mean? Like Thibodeau is gonna is find Rose a way just gonna attack, to attack, him, attack, right? attack, 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 attack. And that's when the chess match is gonna start. Like I guarantee, like, with how much time Thibodeau has, he number one priority, attack Trey Young, get him uncomfortable, and get him off the court. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they're going to try and do. And then what is Nate McMillan going to do to conquer, to uh, counter that? And I just, I don't know. Like, I just really feel like Tibbs, with everything he's done, you look at the Celtics, the Bulls, getting the, getting that Timberwolves team to the playoffs. I just think, like, He's just going to be able to be just one move ahead of McMillan and just make all the Hawks uncomfortable. And then, like I said, like this Knicks team is just so fucking physical. I think they're just going to beat up the Hawks and it's just going to be a grind. The Knicks Hawks are going to start on uh, Sunday. So over the next couple of days, here's what the schedule looks like for the NBA playoffs on Friday night. You're going to get that Memphis Golden State Final play in game to see who goes on To face Utah that game is going to be played at 9 o'clock eastern time on Saturday four NBA Games they begin at 2 o'clock Eastern time you're going to get uh, Milwaukee Miami You're going to get uh, Dallas Clippers at 430 eastern You're going to get Boston at Brooklyn At 8 eastern and then At 1030 eastern time you're Going to get Portland at Denver For the closeout on Sunday um, You're going to get Washington at Philly at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time You're going to get Lakers Phoenix at 3.30 Eastern time You're going to get Hawks Knicks at 7 Eastern And uh, 9.30 Eastern time You're going to get the winner of that playing game The Grizzlies or the Warriors versus the Jazz So we will have uh, from Friday to Sunday Ten, nine basketball games uh, over the next few days And then you know, starting Monday you'll get either two or three games each night, Eric. Uh, let's sort of talk about a couple. Um, just kind of wrap it up. Maybe some overall prices, teams that you may may look at to play either to win it all, to win their particular series, to win uh, their conference, anything like that. So I think when we look at what the overall prices are, the way I see them stacked on uh, on a couple different uh, betting sites that I've looked at, it's got the Nets at you know the number one. The, the lowest odds, the favorite at plus 220. Lakers, I see at plus 370. Clippers at plus 500. Jazz plus six. Uh, Philly is plus 750. Bucks plus 750. Phoenix plus 1500. Miami plus 2500. Nuggets 2500. Mavs 3300. Blazers plus 4000. Uh, Hawks plus 6000. Boston plus 10. Uh, and uh, the Knicks are also plus 10 in, in that mix too. So 
That's uh, sort of how the teams are like ranked and stacked. Meaning that the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers are the favorites to to win their respective conferences. Uh, meaning it's the seventh seeded Lakers still uh, are the uh, the favorites. So when you look at prices or some of the prices that you're looking at, did you make any wagers on anyone to win it all, or who who would be a team that you you would think about maybe playing? I have the Bucks. I like the Bucks in at plus seven fifty. Um, you look at their record, yep. the way they're playing. I really like them at plus seventy fifty. Um, Clippers. What did you say the Clippers price was? Uh, plus five hundred. That's a little too low for me. I don't want to go. I don't like going anything. If I could find a book at six hundred, I'd like it. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely. Maybe I find a prop where the Clippers and um, a Clippers Bucks series prop. Sure. Or like. That's it. Um, in terms of the series prices, I what my my plan is is if the Suns win Game One, I'm going to look to take the Lakers if I can get plus money. Um, Nick, because right to start now, the series right now is minus one fifty Lakers, right? Plus one thirty Suns, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at DraftKings right now. It's minus one sixty seven for the for the Lakers plus one thirty for the Suns. Okay, um, I'll look to take the Lakers plus money after Game One. Um, I've already locked in the Knicks at even money to win the series against the Hawks. Uh, he are plus two forty against the Bucks. I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna sit that one out. Um, I really feel the Blazers and Nuggets since it is gonna go. I'll be a long seven game series. You're going to be able at some point to get plus money in both teams. Yes. So if you kind of want to do that, like just see, wait till you see, get the advantage. Yeah, who's down? Yep. Yep. That's how I would do it. Um, Clippers are minus 400 against the Mavericks. I would totally stay away from that one. Um, series correct score. I would definitely look at um, the one I kind of really like at five to one. Is Knicks over Hawks four games to one? Um, I would definitely look at the Bucks at plus four hundred four two over the Heat. Um, in terms of the uh, Clippers, I would look at Clippers four two or four one. Four one is plus two twenty five. That's a little too low. I could definitely see the Mavericks winning two. No, I can't see them winning two. I take that back. So I, I would stay away from that one. Yeah. But I, but I mean, I would definitely look at um, the Bucks for four two at plus four hundred and the um, four one for the Knicks at five to one. Eric Etoff to one sports. We're gonna have him on to continue along through these NBA playoffs. As uh, we have a, a nice couple months now coming up. And Eric, let's know what a. Uh, what do you have uh, coming up? Do you do uh, F1? Do you talk about Formula One on your other show? I do not talk Formula One. That's something I do not. Because I know about. nothing about Formula <laughs> I One. Know nothing about Formula One. I mean, like right now, it's probably going to be it's going to be NHL. I'll talk a little NBA. Um, this week, I'm going to talk a lot on my podcast. I'm going to talk a lot about like what's going on with the betting world and how like basically what these guys are just trying to do is just get somebody that can get as many novice betters as they can right like barstool money yeah we talked about some of the barstool stuff recently in the the comments that he made yeah yeah stuff like that they're just trying to get the novice better i mean what coach is doing what pat mcafee is doing all these guys like drafting fans who are just giving them a platform to try to get novice betters in 
which really isn't the right thing to do. I mean, you have you give out a ton of free stuff. I give out a ton of free stuff. There's a lot of guys out there that, that generally want to help, and yeah, we just want to make make sure that when it's yeah, hard to win. So when you play, you want to at least play the right way, right? You're not taking yeah. like heavy shocks, yeah, minus yeah, wanna, numbers, bad lines, stuff like that. I mean, you want to understand what's going on. Like, I'm not, I I hate to sound like I'm bragging, but I mean, like my, my, um, I'm hitting at 48% right now for MLB. And everyone's like, whoa, 48%, that's Dutch. You're not making money. I'm up 48.61 units because all I do is bet dogs. Bet you know dogs. You're mean? not like, betting anything yeah, that's minus not, money. Yeah, I, so anytime I win, like today, I went one and one. I had somebody earlier who was like plus one twenty, I think I forget yeah, who. So you're and up. Then the, and then the you're pir- Pirates won at plus two hundred or plus one eighty eight today while we were recording. So mm-hmm. I'm one and one. I made money on the day. You know what I mean? Like I'm finding value, like in terms of the series prices. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, there's no way in hell I'd ever lay a one sixty on a price. Never, never. And I'm starting to give out. But, I'm, I'm doing some more but, work for a site now, and I'm giving out more daily plays. Like that's the one thing I'm never giving out anything that's like. Minus one twenty or more ever. Yeah, you, I'm just not going to yeah, do that. You got to understand break even points because if if you or I say, "Hey, take the Clippers at minus four hundred, and someone goes and they bet four hundred dollars to win one, and something freaky happens, you know what I mean? Like Leonard tears his ACL, George gets hurt, someone's out four hundred bucks. You know what I mean? And then they got to, and then we got to win four more times just for them to get even. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. You got to understand math. You got to understand your break even point. And that's what. A lot of people in this betting thing don't understand. And we see McAfee give out something like, I'm about the Pacers just because I like them because I'm from yeah. Indianapolis. You know yeah. what I mean? And you think about how many people did that. So yeah. it's just like, I'll kind of be talking about that a little bit, talking about some NHL, talking some NBA, talking some NASCAR. And I don't know, like, I have a, I have a Bumble date, I think, coming up. Like, oh, I went on one last We're going to have to I hear on, about this. Uh, yeah. I want to, so, you know, like, if, like, it kind of seems with me something always happens on these da- these internet dates I go on. So you know, we'll kind of I'll probably talk about that. So we'll have to hear about this and uh, and and hear how it goes. You give him a follow on social media, Etoff Two One Sports. Uh, where else, and uh, what's the website and where can you find the pod? Uh, Etoff Two One Sports. I'm in the midst of updating all my spreadsheets. They'll be up by Saturday. Uh, my podcast, Etoff Two One Sports dot com at etop 21 sports on twitter and instagram thank you so much man uh we are here in the playoffs this was a, a lot of fun discussing these uh these matchups with you and uh and uh, a week when we uh we link back up i'm curious to see where we will be and if we have any upsets on the horizon make sure to give eric a follow uh he's gonna be with us uh always here on that's what she said helping us out talking basketball football sports all over the place thanks so much uh, eric uh, good luck this weekend buddy thanks you too man Okay, horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. 
one click to bet now and DRF bets, get real time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF pass performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts for replays if you get the formulator version and even on the classic past performances you get the home screen with horses with odds with buyers you get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph you can rotate your phone for the best view and any horse that you click on you'll see the running lines you can easily move from horse to horse the same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances you get an interactive format which is Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering. Multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Couple huge days of NBA coming up this weekend. We will check back in with Eric next week and uh, see how those series have been. You know, when you hear that DRF commercial, you know we're going to start talking horse racing soon. And now let's talk about the stable dual schedule coming up for this weekend. I mentioned on Friday that big contest at Gulfstream Park. It's only $12 to enter, and it's a crossover event. That has to do with Formula One. I'll explain more about it, but it's the Gulfstream $12 entry. You also win the normal cash prizes, and if you finish one of the top 20, there's an additional bonus. There's a $500 Gulfstream contest on uh, on Friday, Stable Duel. Remember, for those of you who may be tuning in and don't know what Stable Duel is, we're talking about an app that has the opportunity for you to download, sign up for free, and get involved in daily horse racing contest where you pick your horses, you set a lineup, you're playing in big contest against a bunch of other people, you have the chance to win hundreds, thousands of dollars for uh, just a few bucks, some cases, some days, free contest. So all of the contests I'm talking about, the the numbers I'm telling you are the entry fees, you know, so this Gulfstream contest costs 12 bucks to get in. You sign up, you download the app, um, you build your you create your stable name and then you have to pick 10 horses in under a in a $50,000 base salary cap. So that means you can't just pick the favorite in every race. You have to kind of um build your lineup. Some races you have to go, you know, real real long shots. Other races you can uh you know, you can go a little chalkier and um there's all sorts of little tips and kind of tricks you'll figure out as you're doing it similar to you know how you build a daily fantasy lineup if you play uh, if you played DFS on a lot of different websites. So Fridays at Gulfstream this week, May the twenty first. A couple different options for you on Friday at Pimlico. There's a five dollar contest, and then at Lone Star there is a free ride. Perfect chance for you to try out Stable Duel for free. Won't cost you any money, but if you do win and you finish in one of the top 
prizes, you'll get a few bucks into your account, and then you'll have the opportunity to go play in some other uh, contest. Golden Gate has a $5 contest on Friday. Santa Anita has a $25 top three and a $250 triple up. We're going to talk about those Santa Anita contests right here on this episode and some golf streams. So we'll help you out with both of those for Friday. On Saturday, Golfstream has a $10 game and a $250 triple up. There's a $5 game at Pimlico. Golden Gate has a free ride. Santa Anita has a $100 game. And then a $500 double up will give you a couple plays for uh, Santa Anita if you want to get involved in either of those. Lone Star has a $25 game, and that's all on Saturday. All of those different tracks, all those different entry fees to get in. So we're talking from as little as free all the way up to games that are, are $500, and you can double your money up. Sunday, Gulfstream, Pimlico, Lone Star, Santa Anita, Golden Gate, and the Golden Gate contest is only a dollar. Lone Star is 5 Pimlico is 7 Gulfstream has a $25 and $100. Lone Star also has a $50 double up. So, just so many options over the weekend for you. And then the one on Friday. This is one that I'm going to be uh, giving a couple uh, horses for in just a moment. And I will definitely have a few entries in this big crossover game for Stable Duel. So, $12 game. It's the F1 money grab. Top 20 finishers will be assigned a a driver in the Grand Prix coming up this week. This one is the Monaco Grand Prix. So the stable that has is assigned the winning driver. Top 20 finishers are assigned a driver in this Grand Prix. Stable has the winning driver gets a bonus of $100. Stable with a second place driver gets a bonus of $50. Stable with third place driver gets a $25 bonus. So you can have some fun over the weekend. It's only $12 to enter. You get the cash uh, prizes and you can get a bonus if your driver finishes in the top three. You can get $25, $50, or $100. Um, there's also a, a little blur below this uh, on at StableDuel.com. Talks about how Formula One uh, currently has the Netflix series Drive to Survive, um, and uh, you can you know find out more about it. And the Grand Prix can be seen on ESPN Two at nine o'clock a.m. on Sunday. Cool crossover event from Stable Duel. Tons of contests all weekend long at Stable Duel, and one of them begins on Friday. Let's get right into Friday, get those past performances out. We've got three plays over at Gulfstream Park that we want to take a look at for Friday, May the 21st. So uh, I'm going to turn to race number three for my first play, and I'm looking at the number four in here, Honolulu Express. Now, there's a couple to his outside that are pretty quick, but I think on, on this turn back, it will have him a little bit more off the pace in here. So Honolulu Express most recently was going a mile, turns back to seven here, but the outside couple horses are just a little quicker than him. You know, well-defined Malibu Max is probably going to be sitting a, a little bit, I think, but it with well-defined flashing speed, and then you look down towards the inside, I wouldn't be shocked to see a horse like Miles Ahead or even Legal Deal because... They're down towards the inside, flashing a little more. Can Honolulu Express end up right behind them? He's shown the ability to pass horses. In his most recent start, it was a wicked beat, and it's a race that's come back really productive. 
The winner came back to win uh, first level allowance next out. The third place finisher came back to beat a claimers. Honolulu Express, excellent barn off the claim, hoping he can just sit a tad in here. The number four Honolulu Express. We move along to race number four. Um, I'm looking at the seven in here. I honestly just think he's the quickest in this spot. French Reef, he really feels like he's the fastest. Two starts back, he was behind a productive next out winner. Is this a step up in class? Yeah, this is a tougher group in here. But, you know, speed can be the equalizer in a scenario like this. The key is the break. He breaks well. He's going to put a horse like uh, Ray's Warrior in a tough spot from the inside and fully loaded... You know, if he's able to cross over on fully loaded, that's going to be the key to the race here. Let's use the seven. If we can get around nine to two, we'll make a win wager. This is a good horse to use in your stable dual lineup at six to one. Morning line. We move to the eighth. And this is my third and uh, and final golf stream play for Friday. Um, I'm looking at the one, Caxambus Candy, who was a first out winner going a mile at Gulfstream. Then in career start number two, faced first level allowance company. And that was a race that, remember, Prevalence, who was highly regarded at that time, that's a race that's a lot tougher than this group. Even though Prevalence hasn't come back and he's been disappointing since, that field was a lot tougher and he's a better horse than a lot of than this group. So then Kasembas Candy takes a shot going along on the grass, has some trouble, doesn't have a great trip. And it comes back a tough race as the winner comes right back to win. Next out. You go back to the mile. This group doesn't look nearly as tough as that first level allowance group back in March. Let's throw the one in all of our exotics. If we can get anything over 5-1, to I'm making a win wager. This is the one I like the most at Gulfstream Park on Friday. So those three plays in race number three, the number four, we can get around six to one or so on Honolulu Express. In the fourth, the number seven, French Reef. Anything around uh, you know, nine to two or so. And in the eighth race, the number one, we need five to one for the win wagers on uh, on that one. Good luck on Friday at Gulfstream. Make sure to get involved in those uh, stable duel contest with that Formula One crossover we are going to cross right on over and uh, talk a little bit about Belmont Park for Friday a couple horses uh, to look at let's get the past performances out and uh, the Friday plays for me will begin in race number two I'm going to look towards the outside with the eight this one's more like an early exotic single for me I just think it's a great spot for the uh, for Smooth Pebble whose debut was on the dirt comes right back uh, going seven and a half on the turf and was just really good. Showed a lot more tactical speed, sat a very nice trip and should have every opportunity in here to sit second or third. Uh, love the fact that Joel jumps aboard for Clement. seems like a very well-placed, smooth pebble. This is where she fits. Uh, the number eight would be an early exotic single for me because I, I can't imagine we get a, a bettable price. We'd need around, th- you know, over five to two or so to make a win wager, but a horse that maybe we can get a little separation in a race that a few uh, others may be spreading out and and doubling or tripling up. Fifth race on Friday at Belmont Park. Uh, Let's take a look at the sixth horse here, Perta Vita. Now, of course, be careful because this is a uh, a barn who 
will start to get bet because they're absolutely rolling. And obviously with Irad jumping aboard, uh, Barn, who does excellent first start off the claim. I just think this is a really fast filly and uh, she can clear the horse to her outside. She, you know, is I think a little faster than the one down towards the rail too. There are some other pressers here, but she just feels like she may be able to run them all off their feet. Throw the six into some of your early exotics also, and uh, you know we want around four to one at least for a, a win wager here. The sixth race, I'm looking at the six. There are the the six. The, these next two are probably the two that I, I prefer the most on the day. The six Vittori Kim who was a step slow last time out. It was about eight, ten lengths off. It was three wide early move, then four wide up to within a couple lengths. It was really not bad at all. It was just in a bit tougher, as you could see by being 58 to 1 that day. Two back was a winner at 25. This horse has some back class previously. Um, I believe a grade three winner before. Uh, so the six, Vittori Kim if we get anything around, you know, anything over five to one, that's a very fair price in, for a horse in this spot. So, Vittori Kim, the number six in race number six at Bel- uh, Belmont Park on Friday. And then we move to the final play for Friday in race number seven. I'm looking at the two, a bit of Irish sass who's making career start number four. So, she debuts, not bad. She's fourth in her debut, comes back career start number two back in October. And she breaks from the inside. She finishes third behind a next out winner. Again, shows a little bit of improvement. Not bad at all. Last time out, three deep in between, three or four lengths off, uh, behind horses and then waiting, wanted to go, but just didn't have any room. And then angled around, ends up just missing second. That was, uh, you know, in April. That was the first start in six months. Now you're going to go second start off the bench, stretching out. Lots of things to like about the two. A bit of Irish sass. So, four horses that we're looking at. Hopefully, we can get some of the prices that we'd want. In the second, for Smooth Pebble, you know, if you're playing early, this would be an exotic single for me. In the fifth, the number six, Perda Vida. Anything over seven to two would be good. In the sixth, the number six, Vittori Kin. Anything over, you know, five to one or so. That's the that's the, the bottom that we'll take. And in the seventh, the number two, a bit of Irish sass. So Belmont Friday there as uh, we get still a couple more Friday tracks to discuss. But first we have to discuss OldSmokeClothing.com. Talking about quality clothing and merchandise that horse racing fans and those who love the atmosphere and lifestyle of racing will be able to enjoy. High quality products rooted in the iconic symbols of racing and the racetrack experience. When you use the promo code GINO, it'll get you free Shipping on your order. We're talking t-shirts, hats, long sleeves, polos, zip-ups, hoodies, you name it. They've got it there. OldSmokeClothing.com with the big names of races, famous horses, uh, famous connections, uh, catchphrases. You can do custom designs. Check out the Old Smoke Clubhouse. And don't forget that promo code G-I-N-O will get you free shipping on your order. Let's head on over to Churchill Downs for Friday as we continue on this train with four different tracks with some plays. You know, 
got to look around and try to find the best value that we can all over. Sometimes it's not just a pick four or a pick five kind of a day, um, especially when the pick four takeouts are bad. It's more, much more likely to be a pick five kind of a day. But uh, at Churchill on Friday, we'll go race by race, and we will start in race number one. Uh, I'm going to give Paula's game one more shot. We need at least four to one, though. Because she really does, again, look like she's the one to catch in here. She gets a slight drop in class. She gets the inside draw. She gets a cutback. If she breaks alertly, she could be really, really tough. I just don't see anyone else who's got the kind of speed that she does and the assistance of the inside draw. So the key is, got to break well from the inside, take advantage of the rail draw and the cutback. The one Paula's game, anything over 4-1, to one, let's make a win wager and use in uh, in all of those uh, early exotics that you're playing. Let's flip to race number 5. I am looking at the number 7 in here, Parking Ticket, who, you know, the 6 Lulu Maru is going to be tough on the turn back, right? No doubt about that. But Parking Ticket, who's not a win machine, feels like she's coming out of some of the better races in here. That race at Turfway came back live, two starts back against the 16 Claimers. That was a good spot when finishing third after a bad start. Look back in October against optional 20s at Keeneland. So while she's not consistent, you know, overall, she's only two for 21 here at Churchill, but she's got eight thirds, and the bulk of those races were against a lot better than this field, so it's hard to use her overall record as like a gauge and a measuring stick in a spot like this. Number seven, parking ticket. Anything uh, around four to one will make a win wager there. So let's move to the seventh race. The optional 62, non-winners of two. They're going a mile and an eighth on the turf course. The nine, flabbergasted. It just looks like she, she's going to be able to steal this race. Her last couple races have been followed by layoffs. She had not raced from September to April, came back in April, so she absolutely needed the race. She flashed speed. It's no surprise that she just gets a little tired and she and she fades. She's got the race under her belt now, so second start off the bench. Florence Giroux jumps back aboard, was, a, was up for both of her victories, and catches a field that doesn't have a whole ton of speed. Looks like a really good spot. For flabbergasted, anything over 3-1. to one. That, that seems fair, and we'll make a win wager there on the 9 in race number 7. As we turn to race number 8, final play at Churchill for Friday. Uh, I'm looking at the two Wellman. This is a second-level allowance race here. Wellman was uh, just behind Red Ghost. Red Ghost came right back to win the grade 3 Miss Preakness. Wellman has some positional speed. He's got more more speed tactically than he showed in his last couple. I don't think he has to be that far back and dead last. At a slow start from the inside, he was dead last. Eight off, uh, split horses, angled to the inside, and you know closed pretty well at Keelan on April the 16th. So Wellman, anything over 4-1, to one, we'll make a win wager on Wellman. Four plays on Friday at Churchill Downs in race number one, Paula's game. We need 4-1 to one, uh, on that one at least. In the fifth race, parking ticket, the number seven, we need four to one there. In the seventh, the number nine, flabbergasted. Three to one is our value line in that seventh. And in the eighth race, the number two, Wellman, we wanted to, to demand a four to one or so if we're going to be playing that one to win. So that is Friday over at Churchill Downs. 
Let's get you to Santa Anita for Friday. We'll close out the string of the Friday racetracks, and then we will head on to the Saturday tracks. We'll close things out after that with wrestling with Chad Cooper. And uh, on Friday, get those past performances out for Santa Anita. I'm going to start in race number one right off the bat. May the 21st, Maidens, 50,000 claimers, six and a half furlongs the distance. I'm looking at the two Union Bliss. So he's been on the turf twice, and now he's going to try the dirt for the first time. He's actually bred pretty well for it. Five siblings to race on the dirt, four of them won, including Daddy Knows Best, who's a great three winner. Union Bliss, on April the 2nd, had a good start, was third, about two or three lengths off, moved right up into contention on the inside, split horses up to second, but no one could really get to uh, McWhorter, who won, was able to win a pace battle early on and just kick clear. Now you get Union Bliss trying the dirt for the first time, talked about the dirt pedigree, you get Hernandez jumping aboard, which you have to feel like is a, a positive uh, jock upgrade right now, he's been riding so well. Number two, Union Bliss. Anything over 7-2 to two feels fair on Union Bliss. Great horse to use in a stable dual lineup here because I, I got a feeling this one will get bet down a little bit. Let's move to race number 5. I'm looking at the one cover version. Again, we're looking at Hernandez. Just look how this race shapes up on paper. It's a $35,000 non-3 going a mile on the turf course. And towards the outside, you've got so much happy who's pretty quick, and it looks like Sherilinda is going to be pretty close to the lead. You'd think that True Mischief won't be too far out of it here. And it should set up nicely for a horse-like cover version. I mean, you even have Sophie Antoinette who's stretching back out from a couple sprint races. So cover version, who comes out of a, a 50 allowance where just had no shot. 15 lengths out of it early on, just completely missed the break. But two starts back was in a a pretty tough first-level allowance race where Cassie Bell, you see right next door against Colombian Gold, Cassie Bell was second and came back to beat Colombian Gold. That was the same race on April the 30th. Recover Vision completely missed the break. And, you, you know, you can't really use it as a gauge for cover version after that bad start. But what we can do is look, you know, back in March against optional 35s, a pretty solid effort. How about the the race against the the uh, thirty two claimers in February? Should be able to save all the ground here from the inside in a softer spot. Couple of hidden races, you know, because they were a little bit of trouble against tougher in the last two. Cover version, anything over seven to two, we'll make a win wager on cover version on uh, Friday in that fifth race at Santa Anita. One more. We move to race number seven, and I'm looking at the four, Rock Till You Drop, who's going to come back quickly in six days for Peter Miller. This one faced open company last time out, is now back in with Calbreds. Uh, After a good start, got hooked five wide, took back a little bit, but was just four or five wide all the way around. Um, and really did try hard and, and, you know, kept coming late with just a slightly different trip. Rock till you drop uh, has a big opportunity in here and, you know, versatile can sit, but can show a little more speed than it looks by that last running line. It's, it's a little deceiving. So three plays for Friday at Santa Anita. We've got 
in the first race. The number two, Union Bliss. We need over 7-2 to two to make a win wager there. In the fifth, the number one, Cover Version. Same thing. We'd need uh, around 7-2 to two at the very least. And in the seventh, Rock Till You Drop. This one was probably more of a late exotic single to me. Uh, we'd at the very least need 5-2 to two to uh, play that one to win. So three plays for Santa Anita Friday. A couple horses that you can use in your stable dual lineups. Good luck with your Friday wagers. We are going to head on over to Saturday. But before we do, we have to talk a little bit about full-service realtor Cindy Carava, one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast. She can help you out in many different ways. Full-service realtor means selling, purchasing, leasing. She can help you find vendors like handymen, painters, landscapers, gardeners that she personally uses in her own home. Maybe you need help getting pre-approved for a home loan. She can connect you with lenders that she works closely with and can highly recommend. And she covers all parts of the San Gabriel Valley, North San Diego County, Del Mar, Rancho Santa Beach. If you are not in the Southern California area and you need help if you're in a different state, contact her. She has people she can put you in touch with that she trusts. They will help you out because moving is not easy. There are a lot of different things you have to uh, to take into account. They will do that for you. Cindy will do that for you. CindyCarava.com C-I-N-D-Y C-A-R-A-V-A dot com Let's get to Saturday. Talk to some of the Saturday races. We've got a few plays from three different tracks. Saturday, Belmont Park, May the 22nd. I'm going to go to race number four. I've got three plays, three horses to look at for Saturday. So we will first see uh, Peter Miller showing up over at Belmont Park in a first-level allowance on the turf course with the number nine, Equal Measure, who's 8-1 to one on the morning line. Now, she's got the outside draw, and she's got some tactical speed. I think that gives her a little versatility in this spot. You look at the uh, the race that she, she won last time out, and it was probably a, a softer spot than she's in here, right? No doubt about it. Two starts back, she was buying uh, a horse named... Big Blue Nation, who came back to win an optional 62 non-2 next out with an 87 buyer speed figure. And equal measure has been really solid at the mile. I think if you get around 5-1 to one or over, it's a fair price and a horse you want to throw into your early exotics. Equal measure with some options from out there. Can sit close if need be, but can also pass some horses. The 9, equal measure, we'll be using in race number 4. Let's move to... Race number six. I'm looking at the seven in here. A rogue leader, lightly raced now. Going to make uh, just career start number three. And in the career debut was against Maiden Special Weights, New York Bread Maiden Special Weights. So that race was just a little bit too tough. Third place finisher came back to win a New York Bread Maiden Special Weight next out. That was in January. Returns a few months later in April and drops in class. Now we're talking a Maiden 40 claimer. And it was, only, it was under five to one that day. And was mid-pack early on, but was quickly up to a, was fourth, maybe just two lengths off in between horses and did not want to settle right away at all. Franco was kind of fighting and struggling. Then finally got the horse to relax a little bit, was able to angle out, but just couldn't make up any ground late. There was no passing going on. Now you're going to go second start off, second time at this level, the blinkers come off, and a first time gelding. Franco keeps the faith. Plenty of things to like about Rogue Leader. 
Six to one on the morning line. We'd need at least nine to two to make a win wager here, a horse to throw into some of your exotics. Let's get to the ninth. We've got the Seek Again stakes here. They're going to go a mile on the Widener turf course, and I just don't think there's that much speed in here. Uh, I, You know, it's going to come down to where, if at all, is Get Smoking going to get pushed? Because is it is it Epic Dreamer from the rail with the inside draw? Is their hand going to be forced a little bit? Because Get Smoking feels like he's just coming out of races that are so much quicker than they'll have to be going in here. A L- lot more of the want to take back close types. Delaware, Decorated, Invader. Flavius is a little more versatile from the outside, but gosh, he always gets himself into some trouble. I mean, he's no doubt the class of this field. He never runs a bad race. He just... I feel like I play him so many times where he just doesn't get the the you know the optimal trip. I'm looking at the five. Got smoking on the front end. Five to one morning line. We'd need we don't want to take you know less than four on got smoking. Get smoking. So the those three uh in the fourth race, the number nine. We'd need around six to one or so. In the sixth, the number seven, we need around nine to two or so. And in the ninth. The number five, hoping to take them gate to wire. That is Belmont for Saturday. Let's head to Churchill for Saturday. Churchill, Saturday, race number three, May the 22nd. I'm starting with the four Bob's Edge as an early exotic single here. So uh, Bobby was behind Jackson Traveler last time out. He was also behind Casadero, who's uh, in this race. And Bob got squeezed back early on. He ended up inside. He was behind horses, about two lengths off. He kept trying to force his way outside, but he didn't really get to dictate his own trip. He was just kind of at the mercy of of Casadero, and he was inside a Casadero. He never was really asked. I didn't love the ride. I'm expecting a different type trip. And on this particular race in this particular spot Bob's Edge is drawn towards the outside so I think that'll help him uh, a little bit where he's not sort of like in between waiting 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 and never uh, able to push the button the number four Bob's Edge in race number three will use as uh, an early exotic single there uh, in any of the exotics that you're playing at Churchill we got the winning colors the grade three winning colors in race number six and Frank's Rockette super impressive you've got a, a nice field here Wisconsin with uh, with Headland, but I I'm actually a fan of Byerness, and this is going to be a tough spot for her. But I've always been uh, a fan of this one. She likes Churchill Downs. You can make just you know a couple excuses for the poor performances, and her, some of her losses have come to really nice horses, and some of her losses have just been followed by long layoffs. I think she can take a step forward here, making her second start of her four year old season. Byerness, the number five in race number five at Churchill, five to one morning line. Fives are wild. We'd need seven to two or so uh, to get involved. Let's get to seventh race. I'm looking at the 10 Princess Leah from the outside. So there's not that much speed in here. Uh, Kizzy B is pretty quick. And I mean, there might be one or two others who are trying to show some speed. But Princess Leah is drawn well because she can break. If Kizzy B goes, she can sit. If not, she can go. She looks like she 
could end up being the one to catch there. And let's talk about some of the races she comes out of. Sundial, next out maiden special weight winner. Prior to that, you've got Trumpet Lily and uh, Marion Francis, who are both next out maiden special weight winners. Windmill is a stakes winner. Love the races Princess Lee is coming out of. She's got speed, but she can pass horses. Takes the blinkers off from the outside. Hooks a field that doesn't have all that much speed. So she's going to be close to or right on the lead. Uh, it projects. Let's go to uh, race number eight. And they're going to go a mile in here. Third level allowance, optional 80. My sixth sense. Third off the bench. Super consistent. Proven at Churchill down. Could be on the lead or maybe sitting right behind Big Dreaming who's towards the outside who might just have to go and get really aggressive with that outside draw and you've got the the real consistent my sixth sense who just always shows up and could fall into a great trip right behind a leader here number three my sixth sense we'd need around seven to two or so to make a win wager there uh, and Churchill Downs eighth race on Saturday and in the ninth race, no play for me. It's the Kirtana. It's a stakes race. It's just, if if the eight were to float up a little bit, Delta's Kingdom, and was in the three to one range, then sure, I'd, I'd play her. But she's likely going to get bet down in, in here. And she just feels like she's coming out of some really strong races and that she's going to get a good trip in here and not have to be too far out of it and, and has sort of some positional speed going this long um, able to kind of make an early move if need be so no play for me there but just wanted to briefly mention that stakes race at Churchill on Saturday so in the third the number four Bob's Edge will use as an early exotic single in the fifth the five Byerness uh, we need around seven to two in the seventh the number ten Princess Leah we need around six to one in the eighth the number three my sixth sense we need around seven to two that is Saturday over at Churchill. We head to the final plays of the weekend, and we're going to go to Santa Anita for Saturday. So get the past performances out. Race one at Santa Anita on Saturday. I'm going to go towards the inside with uh, Jibber Jabber, who seems to have some some like tactical speed. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with her effort last time out. I, I like the rail draw in here. You got sort of the wild card right next door with the import. You'd imagine that you'll probably get some speed from Risen Lady. And then, you know, you stalking from the inside, second or third, saving all the ground, just waiting for an opening, waiting for some room. And you've got uh, Rispoli aboard, who is as good as anyone right now on the turf. So... I'll go to the one jibber jabber as you know a, a horse that I would look at singling to kick things off right off the bat. You know, start your pick fives or uh, any of your early exotics with the uh, the one in race number one. It's as easy as that as we move along to race number five. Now, I do think in this particular race with La Giosa, the one you've got Sinte uh, Vinte who is going to be second time. North America for Patrick Gallagher. Um, and, you know, you got the other Gallagher horse from the inside. You've got some that are kind of exciting to play. And I don't think looking to get even, you know, being 0 for 12, people are going to get all, and was your beaten favorite last time out, doesn't feel like folks are going to want to go back to play her at a short price. So I think if she's in like that 7 to 2 range, she is going to be really good in here. She was last of eight. She moved to the two path. 
And she moves inside. She split horses. She was kind of in and out. And she really closed well. And that was her first start in a couple months. And that was her first start for D'Amato. So she's second time D'Amato. Pratt keeps the faith in here. Lots of things to like about looking to get even. But make sure that she's around 7-2 to two or so. I think she could get a bit overlooked here. In the ninth race, let's go for a, a little bit of a price. With the 5, Bella Chica who was most recently facing Open Company and is now back in with Calbreds. So that optional 50 last time out, she had a good start. She tried to get over to the inside, and then she got shuffled back. She got caught in between, um, moved up to within a length, was able to angle around, and it was fine. She ended up just fading. She was a bit tired. She hadn't raced since September, so she had every reason to get tired that day. Now you go second start off the long layoff. You're back in with Calbreds. Bella Chica. If we can get anything over 6-1, to that's a fair price in race number 9 at Santa Anita. So those three for Saturday. Race number 1, we'll look to single the 1. Jibber Jabber. Race number 5, the number 6 looking to get even. And in the ninth race, the number 5, Bella Chica. Couple good horses to use in your stable dual lineups and in any of the exotics that you're playing. Make sure uh, we're looking for those value lines, those particular prices, if we're going to play them to win. So we covered a lot of different horse racing ground for you Friday, Saturday. Hopefully, we could lead you to a few winners and help you make uh, make some money. We'll help you save some money with sarahcandles.com, C-E-R-A candles.com, because when you use the promo code G-I-N-O, it'll get you 10% off your purchase. These are all natural soy wax. They're free from the toxins that are found in paraffin wax that's used by a lot of the other leading brands. They have 25 different scents available, three different sizes for you. These are quality, quality candles, top ingredients, affordable pricing, longer burning with that soy wax, and none of those toxins, none of those carcinogens, none of those pollutants. C-E-R-A candles.com, saracandles.com, promo code G-I-N-O will get you 10% off your purchase. We close things out. With wrestling with Chad Cooper, we hit on all the news. Big news for AEW uh, expanding to two shows now throughout the week that are going to be on uh, television. We talk about the Shawn Michaels documentary, some of the releases from NXT. We get into the WWE shows, SmackDown, WrestleMania Backlash, some things from Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite. You name it, we talk about it in uh, a little over an hour conversation with Chad Cooper here on That's What G Said. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. Thursday morning, recording this on May the 20th. It's another edition of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper, and we have a a lot to discuss. We're going to get into the uh, recaps of all the weekly shows, but first, got to tackle a little bit of news here. Coop, lots uh, to discuss over the last few days. 
NXT it was sort of a, a Black Wednesday for NXT as they had some releases of some talent um in ring talent and some of I think a couple referees also and then we got big news for uh for AEW with another show let's start with NXT it's always a bummer um when we see really talented people that are getting released there were a couple that I thought were a pretty big surprise some that were pretty uh, uh prevalent on like up up down down and just seemed like um, what the the wife of uh, what Roddy Roderick Strong and and one of the four horsewomen, you sort of felt like they would uh, the, the with Shayna and with uh, with Ronda, those four horsewomen of the the UFC, kind of felt like they would be at least in the 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 business for a while. You know, the one thing we it kind of kind of hinged their characters, so to speak, kind of hinged on Ronda Rousey a little bit. Great which, point. It, you know, when she kind of went away, that kind of like, eh, it, we really didn't get anything from it. We got some appearances from, as, as from a those tag two. a couple times, yeah. right? And nothing really kind of took off, and the, the buzz was, was gone. And that's unfortunate with, uh, with them, because I think signing with the WWE years ago, I think there was a lot of, there was some steam behind those. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it kind of stinks because, you know, it, it's, it's up-and-coming talent. Maybe, you know, they weren't progressing as much as what some NXT and WWE talent development officials thought. You know, there's always that in the back of a lot of people's minds. Um, you know, some of these uh, names who were released, you know, what I've been hearing, they weren't even at the training center. I think one or two, I think Brandy Lawrence, her real name, she, I think I was reading she came over from Evolve. And part of that deal, and she hasn't been really training for a cut, which was Skylar Story, which they changed her name uh, when she signed to with NXT. But, you know, it's kind of a bummer. You know, um, NXT is loaded with talent, and still um, there's a signing class that we got earlier this year in January, which, uh, you know, uh, Taya Valkyrie, a.k.a. Frankie Monet, was a part of that included you know, Lacey Ryan, which mm-hmm. she's been on TV all the time now. And we still yet to see the likes of like Priscilla Kelly. You, you know, she was signed in January. And we've only seen her once in the, the Dusty Cup female tag. So they're loaded with talent. It's just, uh, you know, I guess now only the strong shall survive uh, in this day and age. Alexander Wolf, Jessamine Duke, Vanessa Bourne, Kavita De- Devi. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Skylar's story. So those were some that they uh, that had released. Uh, I know referee Drake Wirtz, who used to wrestle in the Indies as Drake the Younger, he had had some controversial thoughts and stuff. We don't have to get into that. That's a whole rabbit hole there. But uh, he wasn't making many friends backstage with a lot of things that he was doing. It wasn't one of those things where I think he was released for having different beliefs. He was just sort of like. Kind of going after other people for their beliefs uh, right, and, and, right. And, and and upsetting the you know the people backstage. So um, yeah, he uh, it seemed like uh, he he was sort of um, not going to be long uh, long there for uh, WWE and NXT anymore. But always sad when a lot of people lose their jobs. But um, you know what? Like we we see a lot of times, maybe these people can get to places where they're going to have better opportunities to shine. Maybe this is going to be something for uh, for them that will end up being a positive in the long run. And then maybe you get more people uh, moving up the ranks on NXT, kind of um, you know getting an opportunity to get on the to TV here. So that was the uh, NXT news. The news for AEW, which you know we have to think is a really positive thing that they have a new show coming soon. Um, I believe all of the news, the big news really, was that 
There's going to be a new show coming on Friday Called AEW Rampage And I believe that will be on TNT At 10 o'clock p.m. And then there will The Wednesday night Dynamite show Is going to be moving to TBS Which will give them sort of that old uh, wrestling on TBS feel I think it has to do also with the fact That they're getting NHL So NHL will probably be moving to TNT And so they w- I guess they're getting sort of rebranded Just to a different channel But it's all under the same, the same family Apparently they get a little bit more money For more content And this is something that They've been talking about doing for a while So this is really good news for wrestling um, I'm just very curious how they use this third hour If it's If it's like another Extension of dynamite and and it feels like the things are important and it continues the storylines I think it'll be great use of that hour if it's like the monday and tuesday shows chad I don't know if it's going to work No, and you know the interesting part was as soon as the news hit um uh, You know and I was talking to you about it. Uh, would they go up against smackdown being one hour? Uh, you're going to get regardless if even if it's an extension of dynamite, you're just not going to do well with with Friday Night Smackdown. Nope. Get, nope. Right? Um, that show's just been on fire. It's going to be on fire. And, and look, Friday nights are, are hard enough to begin with. But to go out know, night, Friday night yeah. and Saturday night aren't as much and, of a and, TV night. No, you know? and, and it's a late show. Um, 10 o'clock central time is uh, is an interesting time slot uh, for that. Um, they're, you know, apparently they're going to keep Monday and Tuesday's YouTube stuff. If they start bringing that stuff over that, that format that we're, you know, where it's just loaded with matches, they're going to be in trouble. It's not yes. going to draw very well. People are just aren't going to care. Remember, it comes on right after SmackDown ends. So, is you're not going to be consumed with three hours of wrestling, you know. If that's, that's if it's good, many people will. You know what I mean? Like sure. if it's good yeah. and they can get maybe three, you know, like uh, less. Let's say you know what they're getting right now. If they can get half a million people that are watching SmackDown to just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to tune over to AEW right now. Like half, let's say, of the two point three or four million, whatever they're watching SmackDown r- around or so right now. You know, they don't need to be, get that many if they can. The the key is though, how is this show right? Like we've we've both said we will we will be critical on AEW Dynamite, but it, we're very we're more the most critical of any show on Raw. We still right. enjoy watching the shows and we are entertained by them. We I'm I don't even put on. Dark and dark elevation anymore no I, did for, no I did for a while I would kind of yeah. at the very beginning I would sort of throw them on in the background while I'm doing work or something but like I don't even bother because it's just like there's anything that's important when as soon as it's re- they're like they're ready to bring someone on the dynamite it, they're just gonna tell us in two seconds oh they won nine straight matches on <laughs> on darker <laughs> elevation and then that's it like that's all that matters yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and you know they're putting main roster guys on on elevation. You know, I'm looking at the results. Dark, uh, which is Tuesday night, is just absolutely chaotic. It's like 16, 17, 18 matches in two hours. You know, since this, it, it, I, I think it's going to going to be an extension of Dynamite. And since it's not two brands where you have the Raw and SmackDown, and you're having to wait a week to see what happens, you know, maybe they can fill off this extra hour where you can build. Storylines and feuds And then kind of continuing on Friday night Because once we get here to AEW Here uh, in a few minutes When we talk about it I, I, I Look man, 
Miro gave a hell of another promo, and it's like, here's Archer, and they're in a pay-per-view match next week. That was that should have been built, okay, over time. I understand it's kind of weird timing that Miro got the title. Archer and Miro needs more than two Wednesday nights, in my opinion, because the last I saw Archer, he was trying to pick a fight with Sting. That's the so, problem. That's the know, problem. It just kind of came out of nowhere again. Like, I think the promo was excellent. The match right. will be very good. Like we and and what ends up hap- like what's happening right now is I think because we're so excited about how Miro is finally getting this um this like character turn to what we all wanted him to be that right. you sort of like you don't really worry about some of the details. You know, you you kind of like, "Oh, yes, Miro's Miro cool. We're going to get Miro Archer like oh, well it kind of just came out of nowhere and we're getting a pay-per-view match in 2 weeks." Like this should have been like you said it should have been built if they're going to go this way. We needed more from it here on this episode, and like that's it, what I want to see. That was real. That was a really good segment. Miro yes. with the, that that title is fantastic, and it's just like okay, here comes Archer. So maybe this, you know, maybe this helps them. Maybe this third hour not being. Uh, attached to the first two hours and being a three-hour show, so maybe this extra hour actually helps them. But if we start getting some shenanigans and we start start getting jobber matches and stuff like that, it, it's it's not going to do very well. Yeah, because they've got enough talent. They've got yeah. enough enough that they want to show on Dynamite that they just don't have the consistent time week in week out. If you just get that one extra hour and you can really can like focus in on and build some people, and then you know like. Like continue those like get some consistency Maybe with the Friday night late Since it's not up against Smackdown we're not gonna have to Worry about these like oh look at this rating Or like oh we're going against them maybe they'll feel Less pressure because it's a late at night show And they can just sort of do the things they did well As we get to the episode Because I I thought there were a lot of positives this week There were some very good promos I thought there were Some things that started to build well It does just sort of feel like a couple of these things Kind of snuck up on you and there were only like two weeks To build another for some of these things, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice right now to have a Friday show this week and then next week yeah. to to build that Miro Archer again, right? Like another think about them interacting just a few more times. And we're not talking about matches, just some interactions here. Have Miro interfere in one of his matches, Archer interfere in one of those matches, you know, just let like let these guys sort of um get Go at it a little not and not even Maybe they don't even touch but just get Involved with each other continue to Build it let us know these guys don't like each other Um that extra hour could Really help them as you as especially On weeks when they've got pay-per-views coming Up and stuff that could be like a really good hour To build yeah because I think Miro Has a title match Uh, I think He defends the the TNT Championship next Wednesday night I believe that's what They announced so So, yeah you know, that's we're going to get some some Archer shenanigans there. But, yeah, if you had two Fridays, you know, it's basically three episodes. That's mm-hmm. two, three, four. That's four hours uh, to build to this pay-per-view. Um, and look, that title match, that that main event for that pay-per-view is a mess. Um, I, I just I, I thought it, it's just a weird build. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the pay-per-view is intriguing. Um, I just there's you know, I, look, you want to see, you know, Britt Baker uh, go over uh, the Young Bucks. They finally had some good build. We, we, we finally got to see something other than a dressing room, a car, 
um, property get destroyed and we, you know, with with Moxley and uh, Kingston coming in and stealing the shoes of, of the Young Bucks. You know, that's something that's probably needed to be done over the last couple of weeks instead of just spray painting stuff and beating up friends and all that stuff. So they're stealing you know, shoes. We've got ricochet stealing hats and jackets, man. Like, yeah, what is it? It's, we, we got a full up. wardrobe there, right? Yeah. Like you could put the shoes on yeah. with the jacket, with the hat. No yeah. shirt, and that's like a perfect wrestling wardrobe, right? <laughs> no, and you know what? The Ricochet Sheamus was phenomenal. Awesome. That awesome. that is just look. It's you know SmackDown is just really really good, and Raw has got its ups and downs. You know, and AEW's got you know its ups and downs. It's just there's a whole lot of content out there, and I think that's why ratings have been slipping a little bit because there's so much. There's just so much, and you pick and choose your battles, and sometimes you forget it's on. Sometimes, okay, well, I'll just watch the replay. I'll look at the results, or I'll just follow along on Twitter, and I'm watching something else. So, keep, And keep in mind, what? Vince said this a long time ago, too, and it's true. Um, you know, we're not just in competition with other wrestling programs. We're in direct competition with everything on television, with the soap operas, with the, which is true <laughs> now, right? Yeah. Think about, like, all the content, all the streaming, all the everything. Like, you know, if it's a... You have you watch one week and it's a little down. Maybe the next week you're just not as excited to watch and you kind of tune out for a week or two. I think that happens a a lot of the time. We're talking a lot about AEW, so you know what? Let's just stick with AEW right now. Let's go through that that show since we were like we've already talked about a few things through it. Um, Christian uh, Christian Matt Seidel to start. Um, this is fine. Like the, the the problem I have is I just don't like Christian. Just doesn't feel to me like that big of a deal here. He just sort no. of feels like like. Okay, up upper mid Carter kind of guy, um, and fine, and nothing bad about it, but just kind of like a, like a B minus here, you know, like they used to call Daniel Bryan the B plus pair. Like sure, he's sure. he's sort of just like a like a B minus here. It's just kind of like yeah, solid, like steady. Um, I, I there's like the team Taz stuff with him. Um, you know, they come in, they attack Seidel and Christian. Um, you know, Paige walks out with a drink. Um, so we kind of are combining a couple of different feuds here with uh with Cage and Paige and uh and then you know Christian and the Team Taz stuff. Um, n- no real like knocks on any of this. It just like to me, it doesn't make Christian quite feel like one of the top guys or as someone who should be like on the level of a of a world title contender. Um, I am sort of intrigued for the Cage. Page match and, and where they're going to go And when the moment they sort of Feel like is going to be right to try to push The button on on uh, Page Yeah you know there, there's he's He's got to win the match with Brian Cage At the pay per view mm-hmm. and we've got another week To talk about that but you know first And foremost they had four guys On commentary during that Match and I thought Right from there it was just It was too much. Kill. You had to Too much yeah, and then Taz was on there, and I still to this day I, I just feel like we're we're heading down a, a Taz match with Christian somehow, some way. Um, the match was okay; it got real, it, it was slow. It picked up at the end, of course, um, but then again, you know, we have guys interfering. Uh, it was again throughout the the night. You know, I, it ended that way. I was okay with the tag, but you know, we had Dark Order come out in, in one of the matches. Um, but Christian, it was just an okay match. Nothing against Seidel. It just, it was okay. It just really didn't do a lot for me. And, you know, the crowd, uh, 
they have a live crowd. It's not a lot of people. And it just felt like eh, they, they weren't really into it either. It kind of felt forced. I don't know. It was kind of just kind of stale. It was okay for me. It's just nothing over the top. One of the funnier things of the night was um, the, okay, well, before before that, I guess, we get to the Varsity Blondes promo, um, Tillman Jr. talking about his dad a little bit, <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, they're definitely, like, they're using the fact that he had, um, he's kind of got some buzz right now from the dark side of the ring stuff, they're giving him a push, he's got some ability, um, th- the problem is, though, I th- we've seen this with a lot of these tag teams where, you can tell that like they're the the Bucks and Kenny like these guys or like these teams, and so we'll get a match with them on TV. They'll have like one tag team title match, and they'll perform really really well, and then we just don't see them again. Yeah, look, been, like, hey, three or four teams yeah, like this, right? Follow them to follow them to Monday and Tuesday nights on YouTube. No, we're we're not yeah. going to do it, and no one's really doing that. Look, I like. These promos before the matches I, I just I've been that way We we, we talk I think I, I mentioned this Last week I like promos Of guys that are about to to Work a match it just seems uh, Okay I can get into it the claimed Had a really good one and then of course the The Renee Paquette line With the oral sessions well, you know that Was that that's great stuff but Okay well give me more acclaimed and Give me more varsity blondes because I'm not going to YouTube to watch them I'm just Not you know, and I thought it was odd. You know, everybody likes Brian Pill Jr. Brian Pillman Jr. And of course, he taps out. You know, later in, in that match, I, it's just look the little things irk. It was a good match. Uh, these promos are really, really good. Um, yeah, and you can tell you you can tell who who the top tier guys really really like. Uh, you start seeing them more. But if they're if they want to present them and they and this is the way they think that we're going to follow them over to another platform, it, it's not going to work. I want to see these guys. You on know, TV. if you're not going to have a match, we, just put them on TV every week. Mm-hmm. You know, give me a build promo, these. give me some build, give me a vignette, show them working out, give me something about them. Let me know a little bit more about who they are. Just then, oh, these are up and coming tag team wrestlers, yeah. the son of Brian Pillman. You know, like. The you mentioned the acclaimed line that was the <laughs> thing that was floating around the internet. It was great. He says your girls all get all up in my mentions. Try to get me on oral sessions, which is the name of the the podcast that Renee does, and the look from Mox after, and then just Renee's reaction on Twitter and stuff afterwards was just was great. Yeah. Um, this is another one of those teams where they they look like stars. They sort of feel like stars. Um, they're um, th- you got to be careful in a company like AEW, where you know WWE is sort of the opposite right now. They're they're like they're in sort of a rut as far as like not feeling like there are a lot of young people up and coming to really right. get behind and push. At least on the on the men's side, there are a couple I think of uh, on the on the women's side who are like young and really feel like they're going to be around for a long time. Um, AEW sometimes it feels like there's so many of them that. Like they don't really get behind any of them that much, and they're all just kind of like gradually. Let we see them here, there, there. Like this team, like we said with the Varsity Blondes, we don't want that to happen. With you know, we see Darby, which is great, but then sometimes Jungle Boy we won't see for a long time. You know, and then he'll have like a, the match of the pay per view or the match of the show. Um, they're getting behind MJF, which is great, but you know, there's all these young, really young, young twenties wrestlers that um, you. 
you know, you want to start treating them soon, maybe a little bit more important. This is one of those teams. Um, they end up losing to Mox and Kingston here. Uh, Mox and Kingston did their little promo before uh, they, they talked about throwing a super the, the super kick party. And he says, you know, Mox, that was, I thought it was pretty funny. Kingston was saying, you know, wait, so do we have to throw super kicks to go to the party? And he says, no, no, we're just going to the party. So I don't have to throw a super kick to go to the party. It's just a super kick party. You know, was, that was pretty funny. And um, and so these guys will uh, they announced will be in the the pay per view against the Young Bucks for the uh, for the tag team titles. And you know they've they've done a good job of like finding something for Moxley because he's in a, an interesting situation. I don't think he's going to win the tag titles um, right now. I think they're going to probably keep the the young bucks for a little while with the elite with the titles. Um, if he doesn't win, what do you do with him after he's just lost the Ugh. main event title feud and then he would he's just lost a tag title feud? Where do you go? Kind of how do you try to keep him strong? So that that could be um, something to keep an eye on. You know, in the weeks moving forward with uh, with Moxley because he he's he's interesting right here for a while right now, but you don't want him to just. Be in this position forever because he did legitimately feel like a very big star in their company, and and he was the guy who carried the torch for a while and felt like a legitimate main eventer. Um, you don't want him to sort of, I guess, what happened with him in WWE, right? When he kind of yeah. just kind of dropped down to the mid card again and and didn't feel like he was like a legitimate someone who could go win the title. Yeah, I, I I don't see him and Kingston winning the tag team titles, though. Nothing really surprises me anymore. Um, but I, I just don't feel that. Uh, I feel sh- <clears throat> that match ends in shenanigans. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I think that baby is due. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Time off he, for him. You know, even though, look, they're only working one day a week. I mean, he could fly in and fly out. I know they make their home in Vegas. I don't know if she's in. I, I, I don't know anything about their personal life. Other than they live in Las Vegas, um, you would think he's probably, you know, going to be off a little while, um, you know, being that's their first child. Uh, but then again, he could fly in and fly out. You know, the cons have all that money. You know, they signed Tebow and, you know, <laughs> everyone else <laughs> you, you would think maybe comes in on Wednesdays and goes back out. You know, they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, other than next weekend, there's not a lot of, you know, traveling going on. So, I, you know, I, I don't think we see him in Kingston. Um, you know, we've already seen that play out. So maybe he goes off of TV for a few weeks, but you know, he's one of those names you don't want to keep off too, too long. But then again, you know, he, he comes back and picks a fight with somebody else. He's kind of a, a loner type guy anyway. So, um, I I just don't see them winning the tag titles though. We get the, uh, continued buildup for Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky versus, uh, Sting and Darby. And they really made a point of letting us know that this was not going to be a cinematic type match. And this was <laughs> definitely going to be Sting in the ring, which, you know, um, this is a selling point for, for trying to sell tickets for a lot of people to go see Sting that haven't. So I can understand. But it's one of those, the, the way you emphasize something in wrestling is like, so hit you over the head with it, right? It doesn't matter what company it is. It's like we're gonna just smack you over the face with this just until you realize this is how it's going down. <laughs> you know, it, it, look, uh, it just it, something just doesn't feel special about Sting anymore. No, um, it not, just, not as much as it should. It doesn't. No, um, no, the first know, couple just, times he came out were cool, but yes. I think 
it was a situation where we see him. It's sort of the same thing. It's Sting, you know, uh-huh. when he comes out and he does very little. Um, I mean, we're so, putting guys in the, you know, where, where he. I don't know if it was Paige or, or Sky that we've got the Scorpion Deathlock to save that kind of for the match. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like him being on TV every week in a kind of sillyish way uh, and just non-important way. I'm sure the match will be good. Darby Allen will make it good. Sting's Absolutely. Easy. You know, that kid's, mm-hmm. you know, phenomenal. But I don't know. It just uh, it doesn't look. feel as like it should. There's something a little missing. Um, no, it, I'm not buying for you to see him wrestle. If, if you know, just see him wrestle. I, you know, that kind of tag match is kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. It kind of reminds me of what people say um, was was the problem, or would be the problem with someone with someone like Andre the Giant nowadays in this yes. in this era, yeah. right? It yes. would just that you'd see him three, like you know. Maybe two or three times on your TV a week And in this case with Sting it's every week now After not yeah. for a while You see Good him point. every week for three months And then all of a sudden it's like this big guy Who is just like really big Can't really move all that well in the ring anymore And is just sort of a spectacle But you see the spectacle over and over And it's just kind of like Oh okay it's not bad But it's nothing It just doesn't feel quite as special And so um, yeah I, I don't And even you know I, I, Before I'm sure Sting was probably someone that they would get a little bit of a ratings bump from when they would announce, you know, Sting's going to be here. Sting will be right. speaking. Sting's going to show up. Maybe it's a hundred thousand or whatever it is, fifty. Who knows? Just a little bump, I'm sure. But now I think enough people are like, oh yeah, I saw Sting. He was back a few weeks ago, or yeah, I saw him a few weeks ago. Kind of came out, didn't really say a whole lot. Um, so we'll we'll see. You know, is this going to be his role, kind of with Darby, or are we going to eventually get some sort? Of, you, you you assume we're going to eventually get a maybe a Sting versus a Darby. You know, no, yeah, that's got to that, be it. That's the ticket. Yeah, look, and they've done a a pretty decent job with uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Even though, uh, you know, they they put a, Scorpio Sky, you know, kind of leads a a faction, so to speak, and then joins Page. But okay, who's going to win this match? Tag match. You know, it, it's just like yeah. It doesn't you know, feel like the feud is gone on long enough for it to be the end, right? So right. maybe maybe we get a uh, the heels and and I don't like what what's bad about I, I don't think a loss in this match hurts Sting or Darby at all. I I, I no, think if no. I think if if Paige and Scorpio lose, we're gonna roll our eyes and go okay. Like you were starting to to make these guys feel like they were yes. sort of legitimate as a threat, and now immediately and it, and it can be totally cheap cheating shenanigans, however you want it to be. And then it'll lead to some sort of a blow off where Sting and Darby go over. And that's fine. You know, but these guys have to get, I think they have to pick up a win right off the bat to keep this thing going and to at least keep them some sort of credible. If not, they'll probably be working each other. You know, Sky will turn, you know, you had him turn Hill. You know, Paige comes in as the mystery, uh, the, the, whatever they call their ladder match, spectacular, whatever it was called, and and really does a pretty decent job. You know, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of him and Impact, but he seems to be, you know, more energized and, and, you know, here it the early part of his new AEW career. But, you know, if Sting and Darby go over, you know, ugh, that's the end of that. 
you know, I, you know, you don't want to see a DQ and you don't want to see this continue on. So I, I just don't build up these guys for them to go on Mondays and Tuesdays, you know? So, you know, we'll, we'll see later this summer when this third hour comes, th- this ought to be a, a good filler point for AEW because if they can't right the ship and get things going with an extra hour and we're still bitching and complaining uh, and nitpicking stuff, uh, you know, a- after a couple of those shows, then, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the success of it because there was, you know, the show was okay. There wasn't anything that was, you know, the thing I remember the most are the shoes getting stolen. Yeah, that's, that's true. And and you think know. about it, it. This show kind of reminded me of like what like a raw is sometimes in that like if the, if we took out of this show and we had maybe like one or two matches, but the bulk of this show was the Page Scorpio Sky promo. Right, the pinnacle, the pinnacle at the table promo. Yes, the uh, even the Omega Orange Cassidy stuff. You know what? I don't love the. I don't love this match for a main event, but I didn't mind the. Segment. I like. I like. I, I thought it was one of Kenny's better more ones. Be- yes. better. Was he wasn't real- as goofy. No, and as cartoony, he was more serious. He was just kind of a dick. You know, yeah. but he was like Much just better. sort of what what you thought he would be. Um, and so I actually liked that segment. Could you imagine if you had th- like those four builds? Because what's cool about um about all of those that what I liked is they're a little different, right? You've got the page Scorpio in the ring, then you've got the pinnacle at the restaurant, you know, then you've got uh, Omega and Cassidy in the trainer's room, you know, then you come the inner circle comes out to the ring. They're all a little bit different. They're in a different um, you know, a setting. It's not just promo, promo, backstage, promo, instant, which, which is very cool. So, man, if you could do something like that and put those four things and then maybe one or two matches that were going to be a really good matches, that'd be a, a pretty solid hour. Yeah, the the promo with Kenny was one was one of his best. Um, and, you know, and then we have two women's matches. Um, you know, you have the world champion, you have rebel who bless her heart. She's never been very good in the ring. You know, good sidekick. I thought that was a little sloppy. Um, you know, the way it went, uh, Brit looks strong. She looked phenomenal in her Jordans and her tight jeans. And look, she, she she has to go over, right? She has to go over. I I thought it was a good move. Uh, I thought it was a good move. Um, to have her work Rebel, I would have liked to seen the champion destroy Rebel instead of Rebel be up several times um, in, in that match. And I know we're getting a one-year anniversary type title celebration next week. I felt probably that should have been maybe this week. Uh, but then again, you know, we have an NWA women's world title match that, you know, look, it was why I, I just that is what really bothers me about AEW. I don't care if the match was good or bad. It just, what is AEW getting out of it? I mean, it was a showcase for Red Velvet. You've got 50 matches on Monday and Tuesday of all these talented people in your company that would love 10 minutes out there, that would love two minutes of television time to get their character over, to get anything over. And it is... um, yeah, sometimes it, it, it's like you know, a too nice thing, yeah, right? I like, I don't think Serena Deeb's under contract for AEW. I mean, I, NW8s is, I don't know how this is working out with them. I don't know who's getting paid or flipping the bill or vice versa. I don't know, but, you know, it wasn't a bad match. No, it no. It doesn't make sense to me. 
It just doesn't. You know, if you're going to have the NWA world champion defend your defend a title on AEW, okay, Dynamite show, build something up instead of just announcing she's defending the title against Red Velvet. You know, why not put her against Jade Cargill or, you know, a, a name type deal? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I don't quite understand what that relationship uh, has uh, has done for AEW. Um, we'll continue with the Anthony Gogo and Cody build, so they're going to have a weigh in next week. Um, we'll see with him. Like, I, I don't. I don't quite. I don't dislike him yet. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, he's a heel. I, I, I dislike him as a heel. I don't have a problem with what we've seen from him. I think there's a little something there. We'll see how they build on it. I like that he, he's just a little different, which is good. He's not like the same wrestler. His presentation's a little bit different, and he carries himself with confidence. You know, uh, I thought it was. Look, I, I thought this probably should have been done earlier. You know, it felt more presentable to me. It mm-hmm. felt, more, you know. I, I still, I thought that promo last week was just way over the top. Um, yeah, that's been people have been talking about it all week too. You know, just... I, I thought it was kind of hokey. You know, we know, you know, gun wasn't really bleeding from the mouth, and it kind of like the camera stuff was kind of like, you know, this or that or that or this. Um, uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it just, you know, maybe maybe they'll put on a fantastic pay per view uh, match, but. You know, it, it it was better than what I was getting in this feud uh, a couple of weeks ago. It, it, it's better than the QT Marshall stuff. Yeah, it's just a weird, um, weird time for the uh, the America anti-America. You know, just sort of a uh, very feels very eighties, very uh, very old school. We talked about the uh, the interaction with uh, with Miro and with uh, with Archer, and then the the main event match. We spoke about that too. The young the young bucks win, and then the uh, and then Mox and uh, Mox and uh, Kingston steal the sneakers. So they've got a ton of stuff set up for next week, um, and it's it's going to be on Friday. Remember, because of the NBA playoffs, so they'll have Miro, Dante Martin um, for the AEW Championship, Joey Janela, Hangman Page, Anthony Agogo, Cody Rhodes weigh in, Jade Cargill Open Challenge, Inner Circle Celebration, Evil Uno, you know, and Stu Grayson versus Scorpio and Ethan, Darby with this with Sting uh, versus Caesar Bononi with Re- uh, Nemeth. So they got a ton announced. The anniversary of Sheeta as the AEW Women's Champ for a year. Cassidy responds to uh, Omega, and jeez, uh, yeah, that's all. That's hey, all for next what, week. So. What What did you think about the little car uh, Jake Cargill segment? With uh, I thought, okay, I'm like, okay, I can get into this. Um, and then she was like, I, I thought it was awkward, kind of at the end where she says, or she says, okay, I kind of like where you're going. Um, Give me some time to think about it. And then she kind of like blows it off and goes, who is this guy? Whatever it is. I thought that was an okay segment. Yeah, so, I don't mind I, it. I, I, I didn't mind it. I want to see Jade now, though. It's, She's it's got some of, star power. Yeah, let's get her in the ring. Uh, and it's obvious we're probably, you know, hopefully we'll get a Brit. Jade. She, I, they're dude, they're trash talking on Twitter, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's got to come. So I thought that segment probably got overlooked by a lot of people. And I thought it was decent. I, I just think. You know, there there's some guys and girls on that show, uh, on that roster, who deserve to be on it every week instead of an NWA women's title match, you know? What did you think as we transition over to talk some WWE about the uh, the Shawn Michaels documentary that we saw last week on A&E? This was one that I was probably the most curious how it was going to be presented because um, Shawn is no saint. 
And no. Sean, of all of the the guys too who have, who have had a lot of demons, Sean it was right up there with them as far as how, what he was into, the drugs, the pills, the steroids, how he treated people. He was just a dick, and everybody talks about it. Um, and then the guy changed his entire life, and he's a completely different person. He's like. Very sorry for all the crap that he even that he remembers. A lot of it doesn't even remember doing, and sure. and now he's in this mentorship role in NXT where he's teaching all these guys and gals coming up. I was curious. They they touched a little bit. Like he talked about doing Yayo and himself, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, it, they didn't like make him. I thought they 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 did a pretty good job because they they can't have a hit piece on someone that's in their currently in yeah. their company anyways and it's right. like teaching the young kids but they did touch on it and I thought it was another like super enjoyable documentary um for someone like him there's just so damn much throughout his career that it's just inevitable you're going to be leaving so many chunks of things out I thought it was great. I, you know, I have a connection with Sean Michael. He's a Texas guy. You know, I grew up watching uh, people never really heard of this promotion back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. It was based out of San Antonio. It was Southwest Championship Wrestling. It was Joe Blanchard, the, the father, Tully Blanchard. Um, you know, I saw Sean Michaels get a start. I've interviewed Sean several times. I, I saw Sean Michaels first ever wrestling match uh it was in mid-south i believe and uh the promotion lake charles louisiana uh, at the lake charles civic center it was the first match of the night he worked a guy by the name of art cruz why i remember that i don't i always mention that to him when i get to interview and he's like man you're dating yourself and i I, i'm old too but (laughs) it was great i mean sean i I thought it was just done in, in a classy way yeah, um, but honest, right? You can't very you can't tell his story without talking about that he was super, super, um, like egomaniac early on in his wrestling early wrestling years. Like from the moment they show where he sort of starts to get into the drugs, yeah, till ninety seven, you know, till when he gets really gets hurt, and by and then he's back, you know, in what two thousand two. But that period of time for about. Eight years or so It's it's pretty amazing That he's still around It, it is um, And to hear Triple H talk about You know how good of friends they were And when You know he finally they had that altercation uh, You know in the hallways uh, it, it Back and said man you just You've got to go home and what he Some of the stuff uh, that he said to Triple H that they didn't really get into. You know, I've heard, and Sean has said it in, in uh, books and interviews, some of the stuff he said to Triple H about Triple H, you know, Stephanie, family members and stuff. It was just, it was not good. And for them, for Sean, out of the blue, you know, to say, man, I, I've, I've got to call, you know, Hunter and make peace with this. And the way this is, just came full circle and for him to be so involved with NXT and you can kind of see Shawn Michaels in NXT matches. You just can punch, Mm -hmm. man. And it's just, you know, like you said, how this guy made it and hearing the stories of Brian Pillman, Randy Savage, um, and the guys that didn't, it's just, uh, you know, he he turned his life around, um, had a basically a come to Jesus meeting, uh, 
found the way with the, the Lord Jesus Christ and had it. No, I'm glad his wife was introduced and man, she still looks amazing for her. Yeah. Age. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just, you know, you know, still being a Texas guy and me just following him, it just made it more personal for me. And then the people who may have not have known the backstory of Shawn Michaels, really just, just an open book there. I, again, I thought it was respectfully done. Um, it, it didn't get too harsh, but then again, he's, he was being harsh on himself. Some mm -hmm. of the things he got emotional and you yep. don't see Shawn Michaels get emotional very much. And I thought that was really touching. Go uh, go check that one out. It's uh, it's it's worth your watch. Let's hit on some of the things that have been happening in uh, in WWE over the last week or so. I gotta say the um they they've really wanted to get behind Tamina, and I think because of that response she got from the fans at WrestleMania, it seems like the company sort of was a little surprised, and they decided to give her a little run. So between um. Friday Night Smackdown where they won the, the tag team championships And then throughout the week Headed into Monday It almost looks like we're going to be going in a direction Where it's going to be Tamina and Natalia In something with Alexa Bliss and the doll Like are we going to you know Is that going to be a tag team match that we end up getting you Like know, I thought it was Yeah yeah, I felt it. I know you did because yeah. you brought it up. I was going to bring it up, and I'm like, okay, you know, uh, please just don't have someone dressed as a doll in the no. mask. You know, we already had the zombie incident, right? You know, at the pay per view that we really haven't talked about. You know, which was what last Sunday. Um, just don't do anything too goofy with this Alexa deal, you know. But I could see her somehow, some way. Um, you know, I still again, I'd like to see Nikki Cross. Exactly. You know, if this is a way to get Nikki into the mix without having Nikki play some goofy character, but just and she, she looks phenomenal. I, by the way, she is she does tip, tip top. She was a lumber Jill, Jill. In a lumberjack <laughs> on Monday night with with a non zombie lumberjack. Yes, you gotta, gotta yes, clarify that yes. nowadays. Not a non zombie. So um, yeah, that that'll be uh. It'll be interesting. They're behind. They're behind uh, Tamina right now. Um, I always. I'm a sucker for the King of the Ring. Like it's my one of my favorite oh, sure. eras Dude. of of WWE WWF. Like I'm a big Brett guy. So '93 King of the Ring. Then '94 you've got Owen. You know you think of '96 with Austin. You think of Triple H. You think of you know Shamrock and and some of the others afterwards. Like really cool King Booker, obviously. I it feels like it's time for King of the Ring again, and I think they're teasing it with the uh, King Corbin Nakamura, and then Nakamura taking the crown and looking at the you know kind of celebrating with the crown. So maybe we uh, we get the King of the Ring coming up soon. Hey, I like you know. Look, I, I'm a I'm a Corbin guy. I just always have been. Uh, look, it's I, I know he was. Shoved uh, in our faces for a while. I just think he does a good job. He's a great heel. Uh, I like the crown. And, you know, him going over Shinsuke, eh, okay, but you know, it made up for it when Shinsuke steals the crown. And you bring up a good point. We haven't seen King of the Ring in you know a, a while, and this is a way. You know, if we're going to start moving and shifting around pay per views, uh, you know, Hell in a Cell, and you. I think you brought it to our, you know, uh, my attention before anyone else, and even before I saw it on, on a report that it looks like, you know, WWE fans are, are going to get in sooner rather than later, and maybe that's why we've got a flip flop with, with these money in the bank. Yeah. yeah, 
That, mm-hmm. That's always a big one. But I'm a tournament guy. I Me like, too. I, I love I, them. I do. I, we're I we're sports because we're, we're big sports fans. So I, in real I, sports, I love the bracket setup. I love the trying to predict who's going to go yeah. here in my head. I do the fantasy. Okay, this is going to go too. here. Heel bit. You know, it's fun. It's just I, I love it. And this is it's a great thing for a lot of guys in the middle of the card that aren't doing anything. Correct. That's why, you know, I look, I was a mark for the Mix Max Tag Challenge, you know? I, oh, it was I great. Was, yeah, I was tuning into Facebook Live. It was to see fun because they were funny. They were yeah. different. The commentary was a little loosey-goosey, you know, so they were having more fun with each other. It wasn't like they didn't have a ton of things that they had needed to advertise or sell. They were just sort of advertising the, like, trying it on, on Facebook Live, I think it was, right? The Facebook Live stream. Yeah, yeah it was uh, – it was a lot of fun. Um, we're continuing on with these vignettes from Alistair Black. They're super cryptic and 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 um, you know evil, dark. So I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see what ends up going on with him. But hey, like at least they seems like they've got a plan with him and they're doing something. This guy is super super talented. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see who his first feud is going to be. Um, you know, this is a you know, the second time with him, there were rumors that uh, he was going to be let go and he never was. Now there's rumors that, uh, you know, his wife is, is coming back uh, to WWE. I've heard that here over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, you know, maybe pair them together. I I, I don't know. It's, you know, it feels like this is maybe his last shot um, on the main roster. Um, and the vignettes have me hooked. Uh, let's just hope that he gets, um, he gets a good feud and, and works with some guys that, uh, that can do some good matches. Cause he's so talented. I'd hate to see him go. Me too. You know, in Flandre because you, you know, you never get the real extent of a guy if he goes somewhere else. So hopefully this is, uh, this is the right feel and the right call with him because, uh, man, his little vignettes have been, uh, Quite cool and and catchy. I, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like who you know if he's if he comes as a heel, you know maybe someone like a you know you have him beat one or two and then you can get him into with someone like a KO would be cool. Yeah, um, KO. Um, yeah, if nice. he's if he's on the other way, if he's going to be a face, you know you could you could throw him in with someone like Sammy even. Um, yeah. you know in yeah. that range and get him a win and sort of a so sort of on the build. I'm, you know, I'm really glad we got to see on the pay per view at Backlash, and then on our TVs on Monday, Ricochet. And I think we've all forget how good this guy really is. And man, you know, you think about a King of the Ring thing. This was King Ricochet. That was a a thing he Ooh. had for a while. You yeah. know, how cool would he be in a tournament like that, getting a couple matches and getting the opportunity to go 15, 20? Him and Sheamus had two really good matches. One on the uh, on. On the pay-per-view and then again on Monday Night Raw It was it was just a little goofy That, But but what I, what I actually Even though the angle Around it was goofy It was something for Ricochet Who usually gets nothing At right. least he got some sort of a story And he got TV time And then he did the best with it He looked a little bit more like badass In his ring um, to, in, in, inside, in his ring work also And We've got to find a place for this guy, Chad. We have to like this guy's got to be on my TV every week on a show like Raw that needs to draw that needs three hours to fill. You're telling me they can't find ten minutes for this guy in the ring? Yeah, I think the last time we saw him, what Drew McIntyre was throwing him around in the locker room, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's just he's too good not to be um, 
not to be on television. I remember his debut uh, coming up in WWE. I think it was over in Lafayette, Louisiana. I think him and Aleister Black made the debut on the same night at the Cajun Dome over in Lafayette. Um, Look, if this doesn't show you right here that we know he is, but if this doesn't show Vince and whoever hasn't been high on him that this kid can't go, then nothing ever will. Then you have to let him go. Because he yeah. is a, he's a star, man. He lo- I, I, he's got the look, man. He's good looking. And, I would love to see him in Morrison. I'd like to see him in AJ with these badass singles matches. I just think, man, and Sheamus is is, is Sheamus. Sheamus is really, really good. I just think when you got a guy like Ricochet is known for high flying, more of a maybe cruiserweight style matches, 205 style matches, for him to be able to work Sheamus. And two really, really, really hot matches back to back with with Sheamus being a completely different type wrestler than Ricochet is. That shows you how damn good uh, Ricochet is. Put him on TV. I, I don't care what you have to do. He has to be on Monday nights every night. Has to be. The women, uh, they, they had a really good triple threat at the pay-per-view. Oscar, Charlotte, and Rhea. Um on Monday night they came and they had Asuka, Charlotte I think they're sort of in a situation where They want to eventually get to the singles Rhea, Charlotte But they're, it feels like they're kind of waiting You know, like they don't they don't like want to immediately go there right now I'm not sure if they're waiting for the fans or what they're waiting for But it feels like that's the direction they're going Rhea has looked a little bit better her last few weeks in the ring And he, she sounded a little bit better too So yes. maybe she, she just needed to kind of find her footing because I got a little nervous for a bit. She she wasn't Me performing too. well for multiple weeks in a row, um, multiple times we got out there. But I thought Sunday night and Monday night she looked she looked pretty solid. Yeah, you know it was interesting uh, to see Oscar go over um, in her match with Charlotte on Monday night. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're waiting for here. I, I'd like to see Charlotte and Sonya, like you said, in, yeah. in some sort of, uh, you know, maybe make let them take a run at the tag team titles and then let them go the at it somehow. Mm-hmm. And let, let Rhea have some breathing room a little bit. Look, Charlotte is the best of the best. And it's really, really hard to keep up with that. She's, she looks great. She's great in the ring. She's great on the mic. And it's really tough to compare other workers to her because it's, it's not fair. You know, and if you can maybe get her in a in in another storyline that's outside the title picture, then maybe you know, it, I, maybe Rhea can flourish a little bit more. I thought it was interesting that she lost uh, to Oscar, but you know, we're gonna see. May you know, I don't I don't know what's for that title picture in Hell in a Cell, but it sure feels like it's 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 the same kind of with Drew and Lashley. You, you know, a little bit. It's still kind of we got to write this off in, in a hurry. Just a few more minutes here on uh, this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Um, we got a cool moment with the uh, the tag team champions for SmackDown with the uh, the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray sure. winning the tag Great. titles. This this tag match was really good. Like all four of those guys can work, and so I mean, it, it kind of opens some things up. It could be really cool if uh, you know. I think this will sort of lead us to other conversations about Dominic and Ray versus possibly the Usos. Could be really yes. good. Um, and then, I mean, I think we're inevitably going to get So let's talk about sort of what we've seen in the main event We had an awesome match between Cesaro, 
and Reigns Cesaro really stepped up and showed he belongs and can go with anyone in a main event match. He felt like he was he he belonged there. Um, Seth attacks him after, and I I sort of like what they've got going with. Cesaro is in the mix But he's still got this stuff going on with Seth They're obviously teasing this Seth and Roman stuff Then you've got the Usos Where Jimmy and Jay They're not really on the same page We could get like Seth and Roman As a tag team versus the Usos And then Seth and Roman turn on each other And who turns as Seth End up eventually being the babyface there And going after him I'm just really intrigued with a lot of these pieces And I think we could even see this, you know, these tag teams with the Mysterios here in with the Usos in some other form. So um, there are just a lot of things I'm excited about on the SmackDown side. You know, that main event picture over there is just really, really good right now. Um, it, it's It's been done well. All of the guys in the storyline can work. Um, the Uso, uh, the Usos both being back. Um Intrigues uh, a future could you know they, they tease that they're turning on each other. They could you know we may see a match with them too. And as you said, Seth being a wild card, and we're still not done with Seth and Cesaro. We'll probably get that match in a Hell in a Cell, um, maybe a write off for for that feud. But you know it's kind of an open door right now. Uh, you know the Cesaro Roman match was phenomenal, and as much hell as we've given Roman Reigns over. As long as he's been solo outside of the shield, he has a look, man. He makes a lot of people look good too, man. Uh, I'm not the biggest Roman fan in the world, but man, he's he's as solid as he comes. And uh, Paul Heyman, just you know, again, being with him just moved him up the up the you know the, the tiers of, of of being one of the best in the WWE because he just it's icing on the cake for Roman and I know that all of these guys in that main event uh picture on SmackDown have been having a lot of fun a lot of fun with this the inevitable discussion about the zombies um we have a, the zombie <laughs> lumberjack match here and um you know I I heard a lot of people saying this was the worst thing I've seen in wrestling or something like that this was bad. I don't have any like way to stick up no. for it. It was no. so goofy. Um, it just was the only saving grace I'll say for this was they got a paycheck for it because they were promoting a, you know a movie and it wasn't something that was like a main event feud. It wasn't something that involved a title, um, but it was just bad. And you know I. We've seen things like this though We we suspend our disbelief sometimes in wrestling But it just came out of nowhere right This wasn't like the Undertaker as the Undertaker character And so we all kind of like Oh yeah he's sort of dark and demonic And mysterious and we we kind of uh, Play along with the Undertaker Having powers and stuff like that This was just so out of nowhere um, To, yeah, to bring it in what you know You look on the you know even Dame, It's not even a part of Damien Priest And he's kind no. of got a Dark you know look I could have Been somewhat okay with it If Damian Priest says You know he won he won the match And, and got the pick stipulation which is A lumberjack match so if he wanted to introduce Some kind of off the wall Kind of craziness Okay maybe I can Accept right? it but this was Just a paycheck a Sponsorship um, And it just and, and I think The Miz busted a knee I, yes, look, it's not because of the zombies. It just makes it worse. But now the Miz is is going to be out for for a while, and maybe that and he never gets hurt. And he, he never, never gets does. hurt. 
no, no, he doesn't. And it's just so, and it just made it worse. And it just, it, it, I don't know. And them getting eaten at the end, like the walking dead is just like, okay. And then, you know, the, Hey, look, the Morrison interview on Monday night I, before his match, I thought was great. You know, uh, all right, you know, whoever he may be and all, yeah. you know, had these little puns. I yeah. thought that was fabulous. It was pretty funny. It was creative. Yeah. Yeah. But can we get, we got it. These guys got to be done too much more. Oh, Miz, Priest. Like and to, please, and to have a lumberjack match, you know, know. it's like, what are we doing? That was, just, what are we doing? It was just too much. Let's let's have them go our separate ways. Um, but, uh, Bianca Bailey, like just quick, like good, like both. I thought both was good, and and it was it was yep. like pretty much exactly what what we needed to happen there. Bailey looks good. Bianca looks good, and um, she's going to continue on. And and you know, I thought Bailey did a really good job helping continue to get her over. Yeah. I, I was I, I kind of questioned the ending. I thought it was a little sloppy. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The, the hair. She tried to get her with the hair, and she kind of like slipped yeah. out of it. I and think. She yeah. Slipped. Probably if if that move goes smoothly, um, I, I'm probably better off with it. But it wasn't. But you know, it kind of you know, she kind of cheated to get over Bailey. So it kind of saves Bailey. Bailey is good, man. Yeah. Bailey's just just so solid in the ring. Um, We'll see what Sasha Bank comes back and, and does. She's she's I haven't seen her since uh, losing the title. Or Edge, which yeah, or, yeah, that was my next question. Where yeah. is Edge? What are we doing yeah. with Edge here? Because mm-hmm. you know we're about to get past Hell in a Cell, and then Money in the Bank is going to be very very intriguing because that's when I think we're going to see some guys and girls come back that we haven't seen in a while. I think Edge probably is in that match. You know, it's uh, you know last year didn't we get the the, the kind of through the Titan Towers. Yes, they had yeah. the goof with Otis. Yeah, yeah, with Otis, was, in which I was okay with. I thought the it matches was fun. were kind of fun. Yeah, they were. They fun. were. They yeah. were. So you know, that's coming up again. Then SummerSlams coming up. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with Sasha being gone because it lets Bianca have time to breathe. Right. Let, let you know, Sasha's really, really good. Had the title for a while. This is her first title, Bianca. I, I'm okay with some of these champions who lose uh, be off TV for a little bit because it gives for the new champion. That's why I, I think it's hurt Rhea by Charlotte just and Asuka being, again, attached to her. And I thought maybe if you can go in a direction with, with her and have them separated, it gives time for Rhea to, to be the champ and kind of like, okay, I'm out of the shadows a little bit. One or two more things I want to hit on with Chad before we let him go. Um, yeah. We've got a uh, um, so Lashley wins the wins the title at the pay per view, and then on Monday night he actually has an open challenge that ends up uh, being interrupted mid match by uh, Drew McIntyre and Kofi rolls up Lashley. For the win, we saw Kofi and Xavier involved earlier in the show with Orton and Riddle, which is is getting actually pretty good too. You know, we're yeah. we're, we're yeah. like they're kind of now is Riddle kind of getting mad, and and so this is this is one of probably now my favorite thing I think going on Raw, especially adding Kofi into this main event picture. I don't know if Kofi if that was it. I don't know if Kofi's gonna a- a- get a shot against Bobby Lashley at some point or not. I don't know if that was this was just like to to continue along with Drew. But I didn't mind it at all. I I normally don't like seeing the champ lose. I did think um Kofi in there was kind of in- interesting because he never even got his rematch after the Brock oh. stuff before. Um so yeah I think you know wherever they're going I- I'm the new day now in Kofi, I'm kind of interested in. I'm interested in in if they're going to have any more interaction with Lashley, and 
is Kofi and Xavier going to continue on and, and what they're doing with Riddle and Orton So you know, for the most part, I think we've hit on a lot of the other things going on Raw as we've talked about the pay per view. This was something that um, I didn't, I don't mind, and, and I'm actually intrigued where they're going to go with this next Monday. Yeah, I, no one, I don't think anyone was expecting Kofi to be the open challenge with Lashley. I, no, I, I thought a lot. You know, I think a lot of people were thinking some guys were about to come back. Um, you know, uh, had a friend of mine say, "Oh, this would be the perfect you know chance for Keith Lee to come out." And challenge Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm usually not very big on a champion losing. I, I don't like roll ups. It just makes them look weak. We're still not through with the Drew McIntyre. You you can tell he was out there. He was in ring gear at the beginning of the night, so you knew he was probably coming back out at the end of the night. So that was kind of a giveaway. Um, you would think Kofi would get a title shot next. Uh, if he right? beats a champion in some kind yeah. of goofy way, you, you have to, whether Lashley beats him down next week or, or, or whatnot, you would think he gets a title shot. You know, I would think it would come on raw, you know, on Monday night. I, I would think that, Hey, I, I want my, you know, Kofi, Kofi has a legitimate, you know, uh, gripe that for, for he, having a sh- he didn't get his rematch last time. And then he just yeah. pinned the champ, the current champ yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. it's not going to be in a hell in cell. So I'd do it on Monday night. And hey, yeah. it's, it, it, it's a little bit different. And, and it's a good, decent match that you can have. People like Kofi, they'll get behind Kofi. Uh, you and I like NXT. It is our favorite show of the week, probably. It's the most consistent. Um, we won't be able to talk a ton about it this week. So we'll start with NXT next week. But just, I mean, uh-huh. like, go, like going through it, it's like, oh, Tony Storm Stark, really oh. good. And, and they made Tony Storm. Look great, and Good. we were a little worried about that. And now she's going to be involved with um, Frankie Monet, which is a lot of fun. Like that's a positive. Um, we, it, your boy Atlas got to look really good. I thought he too did. against Grimes, he looked good. We had the fun stuff with Grimes and DiBiase. That's going to continue on next week. Like that's another positive. We love that. I thought the stuff with the way was really funny with Loomis yes. in the massage parlor, and they don't know what's going amazing. on. And, and, and he like, really loves me. He loves. It's so like that super positive. Another thing I really like as we go through, um, I thought the Bobby Fish interview was good. That was good. He was that's good. I like that match. Fish done? That's gonna be a great match. Like a great match. And the Rosh Markazi sit-down interviews, like Pete Dunn didn't really tell us anything spectacular, but seeing him getting interviewed more and more, it's making me think that they are getting ready to get. Behind Pete Dunne as yes, as maybe yeah. a champ or maybe yeah he beats Cro- at someone right yeah yeah he he's he's him and Fish are are will will put on a clinic and, and I expect Pete Dunne to go over which I, I think everyone does it's hard not to like Pete Dunne right especially oh if God. you didn't like him after that interview you you gotta like him those interviews are, are really really good and Pete Dunne is just a badass he, he's a singles guy. He's an ass kicker, and it's just something that, uh, you know, I don't know what's next for him, uh, what title is next, but you would think it, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if he goes in a program with Cross. It doesn't matter what program he's in. He just he just makes whatever program, whatever storyline he's in, ten times better because he's really good, man. So, and the, everything, like we look through the whole show, Legato Del Fantasma versus Ciampa and, and Thatcher. Really that fun. Match. Good tag, and we're going to get Legato Del Fantasma in a couple weeks against MXK, which is going to be incredible. Um, 
we hear that uh, Dakota and uh, Raquel are going to try to go win the the tag titles again soon. Um, I think they're going to have a match with uh, with Shotzi and Ember coming yep. up, which should be great. They keep building Saray and and like back to back, we get Saray who looks like a star, and then we get Hit Row who looks like a star. Like this group looks like absolute stars, and I just there's so little. On this show as we go through Not, And th- then we get the ma- the main event match Which the oh only thing Great match, great match My only gripe with the match is that In a cage, sometimes I'd like it to not be As much as it feels like it was a two-on-one match yeah. All of that being said That's part of the story, that's who the way is And damn Like, this was two hours Where, if I mean, I'd have to work To really find gripes about things That I didn't like And you know what I liked? You know, I I'm and I didn't like it at first. I like these Ever Rise segments. They're funny. I don't, I don't know what it is. They're funny about it, but this one was really, really good. And it's just I, look, you know, I could see why a, a wrestling fan is going to maybe skip over NXT um, because there, there's not the big mainstream main. Oh, you know what else we're forgetting about on NXT? The package. I, Dude, the the cross Balor package that was probably, uh, dude, so well done with Heyman over that you have McAfee on there, Jimmy Smith, who's you know MMA al- analysis, who's now working with with WWE and NXT. That was really really fun. That was really good. That that makes you think like, uh, okay, I would buy that pay per view. I would buy a boxing pay per view because of that package, guys. We're doing that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, man. It was just—it's really, really good, man. They—it's—it's it's well done, and I think uh, it's almost like we don't have. It's funny we have no—we're—we're we're not. We don't work for NXT, right? No, like we're, at all. Like it's just to me, it's—it's it's what I like the most about my wrestling. Um, it seems it's not overly complicated, right? No, it's very simple. And I think that's one time that's, that's what I want in my wrestling. You can have shades of gray or storylines that are more complex and, and stuff. That's fine. But it, it's, uh, it's so, it's so nice. Like the, everybody feels like they're on solid trajectory. You kind of know where everyone is. Um, I, I like where they're going right now. And, uh, I think, uh, NXT is, is just, so consistent each and every week And they've got a couple big matches uh, over the next few weeks With Balor Cross And then following that There'll be that uh, Fantasmo Delgado uh, M- uh, uh, de Fantasma versus MSK Match coming up soon We're going to get the uh, the women uh, women's tag division Some really good matches too So Coop will uh, we'll spend a little more time next week On NXT because they sort of got the short end of the stick This week and hell we have so much To talk about each and every <laughs> week We're, we're going to have to like Start picking up the the pace of our uh, our our verbiage, you know, to start working on like the speed reading stuff because yeah. uh, it's fun, man. And I really appreciate you giving us yeah. so much of your time every week, buddy. Um, you are at the Chad Cooper on Instagram and on Twitter. Is that correct? That's it. That's it. And uh, it's always I always look forward to uh, chatting wrestling with you. We let it uh, we let it all out, man. It's uh, again, it's uh, there's so much going on. And now uh, as we get into the summer and as fans are allowed back into the arena, you know, here comes AEW is going to be in Texas for uh, three or four shows. Um, WWE's uh, Ring of Honor is allowing fans. So NXT will will begin allowing fans. It's, it's, there's a lot to look forward. Man, a 180 from this time last year, right? Just crazy, crazy uh, 
how long of a year it's been and how mm-hmm. quick things uh, have begun to pick up the pace and uh, safely done. Uh, every, everyone's following for, for the most part. Uh, yeah. You know, um, what they're supposed to be doing, uh, no stupidity. And I always thought from the beginning, if you would just use common sense with all of this, uh, we're going to get out of it quicker. We'll, we'll get right? out of it quicker. And I think right? common and- sense finally starting to set in with you people. get a little nervous sometimes with guys like Vinnie Mac you know he's he wants to push yeah. he wants to push the envelope but he didn't he, yeah, he, he did, did it. they did he it. didn't do any he kept it really smart and he 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 you know of all people he was probably sitting back there seeing some weeks when the ratings weren't that great or were were like you know matches weren't weren't as good because there's fans I'm sure he was frustrated too he probably didn't love it but you know the money kept pouring in, and and they made the <laughs> they made the best of the situation. They really did. They, you know what? For um a lot of they uh, they gave us a lot of entertaining hours through a rough year. That there wasn't a lot of new stuff. There was no no other new like live sports at a time. And uh, it's yeah. it's going to be great in what about a month, six weeks, where we're going to be hopefully back to bringing fans to you think most shows like getting on a touring schedule again, having fans for big pay per views. That's going to make the product just infinitely better, Coop. And uh, yeah, we'll have more, another dynamite show to talk about. Lots more. And you'll find Chad Cooper with me here each and every week uh, until he gets annoyed by me, which will, which will hopefully, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, that, that could be, who knows? <laughs> Coop, buddy, love you so much, man. Go have a great rest of your day. You got it, bud. That's Chad Cooper, folks. Uh, don't go anywhere. We got plenty more here on That's What G Said. Coop Loop. Big thanks to Chad Cooper helping us out. Big thanks to Eric with the uh, NBA segment where we were able to preview everything going on. Hopefully, we led you to some winners with the racing analysis for Friday and Saturday. Don't forget about those stable duel contests over the weekend. Make sure to check out Better Than Dot Vegas. Uh, thank you to SarahCandles.com. Promo code GINO gets you 10%. Off your purchase. Don't forget OldSmokeClothing.com. Promo code GINO gets you free shipping on your order. DRF.com for all your past performances. And Cindy Carava, full service realtor for all of your real estate needs. Have a great weekend. We'll be back early next week. We'll talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk a lot of baseball. We'll cover some racing throughout the week. And uh, we're going to be getting into Star Wars with some Star Wars recaps coming up very soon. Have a great one, folks. We'll be right back uh, again in a few days. Joey, take it away.